Blog Talk Radio. apply so perfectly to real-life situations, and these words are certainly appropriate as the 2-0 Miami Hurricanes suddenly ranked number 12 in the AP poll, prepare to host rival Florida State in a nationally televised game on Saturday night. The Canes and the Knolls are two programs who finished the 2019 season in a beaten-down state, but right now there appears to be clear deferential in the directions that they are heading. Miami has been buoyed by incredible use of the NCAA transfer portal and is 2-0 and 
and in an uplifted mood going into Saturday night's game. FSU, which didn't qualify for a bowl game last year for the second straight season, is reeling after losing its opener at home to Georgia Tech. Miami will either get the best from a desperate FSU team, which will be competing without its new head coach, Mike Norville, who's tested positive for coronavirus this week, or it'll get another listless performance from a program that seems to be diving deeper into an abyss. The Hurricanes are obviously wired over the upgrade to their own game so far this season and understand the significance of the evening with a trip to ACC favorite and number one ranked Clemson on the horizon in two weeks after this one. So we're going to talk about all that and more as we begin a new edition of Kane Sport Live tonight, presented by JFQ Lending, your full-service mortgage provider licensed in more than 40 states. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we welcome you once again to Canesport Live. As always, this is your show. It'll be driven by your participation. The call-in number, 563-999-3550. That's 563-999-3550. As always, we have more than 100 open phone lines, plenty of room for everybody to call in and participate. Uh, you know the drill by now. You hit the number one on your keypad. That puts you in the queue and lets us know you're there. We bring you on the show in the order that you land in the queue. We once again ask the subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show, and we will address them during the course of the evening. But let's begin real quick tonight with a look at the way Miami's new style of offense has joined the overall offensive explosion in college football and how it is impacting the Canes and the entire game in general. Saturday night's victory over Louisville by a 47-34 margin was an interesting case study. Of the Canes, 485 total yards of offense against Louisville, 340 of those came on nine plays of over 15 yards, with an average of 38 yards per play on those nine plays. Now, that's a ridiculously incredible display of explosive offense, and it obviously was aided by defensive breakdowns on the part of Louisville. I mean, let's be honest. But I think when you want to take a look at the body of work, and I know the coaches did this because this is all we heard yesterday and today when we were talking to players and coaches in the program about what had happened at Louisville. Um, when you look at the whole body of work, you find all kinds of places and areas where this team still has just massive room for improvement. They ran 57 other plays in the game other than those nine and managed just 145 yards on those 57 plays. That's 2.5 yards per play. And that's not good. that would not get it done in a game against a decent opponent, obviously. Uh, the Canes were 6 of 13 on third down, better than what they were doing last year for sure. Um, but three of those big conversions came in the first quarter against a three-man rush and loose coverage um, in a clearly flawed strategy by Louisville. So the thing I really liked to see was that the coaches were able to detach themselves from the emotion of victory 
and the euphoria of, and excitement of those big plays in the game and really focus in on the fact that this team needs to stay in the grinder and keep getting better and better. And, um, you know, I, I thought that that was a, a significant, significant move forward. But so essentially the Canes won the other night because of the big plays that they were able to generate. And um, I asked Manny Diaz about that from the viewpoint of a defensive coordinator and just the, the trend towards, you know, high-flying offense and, 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 and big-play offense carrying the better teams like hopefully the Canes are this year. Um, I thought you'd like to hear what he said. Can you talk a little bit about how defense has changed and more significantly how measuring success and failure on defense has changed? I mean, the other night we had two teams each put up 500 yards of offense. It really was almost survival out there to a degree. Um, How does a lifelong defensive coordinator like yourself, you know, look at that? Well, I think – I mean, first of all, defense has not changed, right? I mean, it's still – the game still comes down to winning the game when you play it for with points and not with yards. Um, so you have to look at what creates points. There's really only two ways you can get points you think about it. One is through explosive touchdowns, and the second is through red zone scoring. So even if you look at last Saturday's game as an example, uh, our, the number of explosive plays that both teams had was about the same. Four of ours turned into touchdowns. Um, none of theirs turned into touchdowns. In the first half, we played excellent red zone defense and held them to six points. And, and that, again, that's a very talented offense. Um, in the second half, we didn't play well by, by any metric on defense. So I think you have to look at sometimes yards to play. I think they snapped it maybe 20 more times in the game than we did or 15. I forget what it was exactly. I think yard to play is always a better metric than total yardage. But, but all that being said, none of that makes us feel good about the way um, we played on defense. Watching the film, it was obvious. There was really a couple places where um, we just didn't – didn't execute the way we wanted to. It was one, when you play Louisville, you got to stop the outside zone. Everybody knows it. They know that you know it. Uh, they're going to run it whether you think you can or can't. Um, we have in the past have had some success against that scheme by just playing uh, certain techniques with our, our front, and, uh, and it just didn't happen. And, and that was disappointing. Not just that it didn't happen. We did, did not do a good enough job of correcting it uh, during the course of the game. And I don't, think we, I don't think we played our matchups against their tight ends uh, very well, one-on-one on the outside in the running game. In the throwing game, you look, they're very similar almost to Georgia Tech back when they were running the triple option. I mean, there's, on every play, there's a motion and adjustment, but there's still a read. And whether they're in, in wide splits and they're motioning or they're in their condensed formations, um, you got to look at the, the receiver's route combination is going to tell you what the route's going to be, and you got to match up on it accordingly. And I thought our secondary, we, we had our eyes in the backfield too often, um, which, you know, ended up leaving for big cushions because instead of the guys jumping into the routes um, as we should have, you know, if your eyes are in the backfield, you're not looking at your key of what the route's going to be, and then it, it creates grass and it creates space. So um, those are things that are correctable. I mean, our, when our players saw it, they knew it, and they, and they understood the disappointment. We, we were getting it explained during the course of the game, but obviously it took us too long to, to, to get it right to have the performance that we, that we expect on defense. All right, so Rhett Lashley is obviously the man in the middle of all this. And he came to Miami for the opportunity to reestablish himself as a top-tier offensive coordinator on a national stage. And he's been rewarded with now a second straight outing on national television in his first three games at Miami, with a third promising to follow in two weeks. So Lashley's getting exactly what he wanted to get in this transition in his own career, going from SMU, which you know, 
rarely plays to the this kind of stage to Miami, where now he's you know he's getting these consecutive weeks on on national TV. He's getting to show his stuff. Miami's looking good on offense. And, um, you know, that all obviously points to Lashley and De'Ara King. Um, so he's delivered to this point this season. And here's what he had to say when I asked him about it this week. And just talk about how you see it change the game. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I think, first of all, defenses are just are really good. And um, defenses do a nice job of, of game plan and trying to take away what offenses do best. Um, I think, you know – it's, it's no different in our game or in the NFL. Explosive plays are a big deal uh, for offenses scoring points. So, you know, the other night we were able to make some explosive plays and, and even do it at some critical moments that we needed. Um, but at the same time, you know, we weren't really happy with the undisciplined uh, play of us on offense. You know, the penalties, very uncharacteristic of what we've done so far in our short time here and who we want to be, um, you know, really cost us. We were, we were very um, – you know, I just think inefficient and inconsistent. It was, you know, we had good spurts, um, you know, the first, the second and third drive of the first quarter we were rolling. And then the second quarter, we just, uh, you know, we were very inefficient and it's hard to sustain drives when you're inefficient and you can't just depend on explosive plays. And so, um, you know, our attention to details got to get better. We got to execute better. Um, the great thing is our kids know that um, they're playing hard They made the plays they needed to make. Um, but I think they see as well as we do that, you know, it's a process, and we got to keep getting better because the teams we're going to play get better each week, and uh, it's going to start this week with probably by far the best defense we've seen so far. All right, so that sets the table for all that we're going to discuss tonight. So let's go out to your calls and, and, and talk about these things more. The number is 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. And let's begin tonight in the 786, where I believe Mr. Everything 305 is waiting. Welcome to Kane Sport Live. You with us? Hey, Gary. How are you? Oh, there you are. Okay. Um, wait, let me get you re-plugged re in here. Right, go ahead. How you doing? You, we caught you sleeping there, huh? Good. Uh, no, I just uh, had a little issue here. <laughs> how, how are you, my friend? Everything good? Doing, doing good. Talk to us. What you got this week? Well, first of all, I just wanted to remind everybody that no matter what the records are, no matter what the stat line is, it's Florida State week. You throw everything out the window. None of it, none of it is pertinent. What's pertinent right now is making sure that every second and every minute this staff is developing – correcting and refining the game plan and they, these kids are absorbing it, taking it in, processing it, and it's becoming just like a habit for them, like second nature. This week is so critical that every day of prep, they're all on the same page, Gary, because what well, people tend to forget, you, know, you can fall for all the stuff on social media, you can look at all the trends and, and all the memes and all that crap. This game is what defines you as a football player at each respective school. And your performance is something that you can never change, good or bad. So this week's pivotal for everybody, for them, for us, but it's a personal type situation that every individual athlete has to know that the microscope is on them. 
and you'll be judged based on what you do this week, more than anything else. You know, I, I, I found it interesting how Manny mentioned it comes down to how did you do against Florida State? Well, we were 3-0. and We were 1-3. One, one, one you know, the last two classes that have been able to graduate and at least beat Florida State once or twice, that was significant for us to be able to turn the table. For, for seven years, we struggled against these guys. And, and let me make something clear. Even when Al Golden was the head coach here, and they were loaded with Jameis and Dalvin and a great receiving core, we still made those games competitive. Those games weren't blowouts. They were competitive games that mm-hmm. many were decided in the fourth quarter. So I'm not going to take the bait and take this game lightly. I don't care if Popeye is coaching this team on Saturday for Florida State. I'm taking them seriously. I mean, this is, a, this is a very big week for this program, and it's on national television, Gary. Talk about another opportunity uh, to be the premier product that's out there for the country to watch. I mean, you cannot slip up this weekend. We've got to you also can't agent. script I mean, it out any better. I mean, it, it, this is exactly what this program needs, and, and, and it's allowing Manny Diaz to maybe accelerate um, – the return the respect, you know, after what happened last year, you know, when you can go on national TV and then deliver with an, with a you know impressive victory, and you know that kids all over the country are watching, it, it can't help but help your recruiting. And I I look at one thing uh, in terms of recruiting. If you look at the opportunity for for big time potential playmakers on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball. You look at a kid like James Williams and his attachment to uh, to Ed Reed. And then you look at the secondary. You look at the corners. There's so many opportunities there. So hopefully a kid, even a kid that's committed elsewhere right now, who maybe, yeah, maybe he's still thinking about it. Maybe a kid, one or two kids like that, or the kid that's at IMG from Pahokee. Maybe one of those two kids – we start going and turning things over, and they say, man, i got a chance to play right away. And on the offensive side of the ball, and I know, I know it's a long shot, but I, I'm, I'm curious to think what Mr. Brooks thinks about this offense up there in IMG, the kid that was at, uh, was at uh, Booker T. I would love to see what he thinks about this offense. If we put up 40, 50 points on Saturday, I don't care. That's got to get your attention somehow. And it's the first step to maybe starting to at least open up the eyes of all these kids that, hell, I can, I can get paid here too, legally. I mean, legally, I can get paid here with the new issues that with the NC2A has. Second of all, I want to put up great numbers. I'm not going to have to block all the damn time and worry about, you know, making sure I, I do X, Y, Z for, uh, for everybody else. I got a chance here to shine myself. And I, and I think – these kids that are such prima donnas to begin with that everything is catered to, the opportunity here to have an immediate impact, I think is huge. I don't know if you agree yeah, with that, Gary, but I, 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 I no, I absolutely, I absolutely do agree. And and uh, you know this this is a a big week for for so many reasons. One, you want to keep Florida State down. You know they're really struggling right now. Mike Mike Norville's having a hard time getting traction in recruiting. Now he's got coronavirus and can't even coach in this game. Um, so 
you know, they, they haven't been to a bowl game in two years. So Florida State's down right now, and you want to keep them down. And if you win on Saturday night, you're keeping them down. They're 0-2 to start the, to start the season in the Mike Norville era. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen from there. You know, it, 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 at that point, it's, it's going to become a challenge for them to keep their, their kids focused and, and together. You know, if they start the year 0-2 with, you know, under, under the new coach, I wouldn't want to be Mike Norville in that situation. So, you know, it's significant for that reason. And, you know, then when you add just the, the grand mission to me of the whole year is get respect back and get yourself positioned to where once this dang coronavirus is gone – that you can leave South Florida and you can go compete for some, some quality players outside the area. And, you know, which I personally think is very important. So, um, you know, you put the two of those things together and yeah, this is just a massive, massive night Saturday. It's a great, it's a phenomenal opportunity, a phenomenal opportunity to say the least, Gary. I want to touch upon a few things that, uh, Last week, a couple of people, I believe it was a young man from, from the D.C. area, was bringing about my negativity and things of that nature. I just want to remind people, I see things through the prism of a coach, of someone that's been around the game. I don't see it through I, – I, I am guilty at times of being a blind-ass fan like everybody else, but for the most part, my, my perspective is a little bit different. It's a little bit more big picture. And, and one of the things that I was upset about Saturday night was uh, there were two coaching things that really bothered me. Um, and before I get into that, I'll say, I want to say the two things that really impressed me. I was very concerned with our middle, our linebackers and how they would go ahead and defend a couple of those uh, small possessions and those stretch plays and those quick slants. I was very concerned about that, Gary. And all they did was go ahead and, and for the most part, they did a pretty good job. Uh, I think you would agree with that. Overall, McLeod played much better than he did the weekend before. But um, the two things that really upset me, Gary, from a defensive standpoint, is how many times we had guys in the secondary not communicating well between the second and third level, especially on those edge stretch plays. Um, we, we a couple of times our, our, our ends didn't didn't pretty much hold hold the fort down. I'm like, you know what? And a couple of times you'd see a guy kind of peeking. And, and it's funny, the first thing Mandy said, and one of the first things he talked about their performance, they talked about Bubba, was how upset he was. And he mentioned how a lot of the secondary was peaking uh, and peaking up to, to, to stop the run. So I think that there are some tendencies there that hopefully they will attack. And those tendencies were kind of there last year as well. When you talk to – when you talk to most guys in, in, in the know, know the game, know the scheme, know how they're scouted, their linebackers were, were an issue with regards to covering space. But one of the things that they felt better at, that they communicated so well, that they helped the secondary in so many different regards. And, and losing a shack, you start instances of that this weekend of not having the communication you need and then not ultimately blowing some assignments, Okay. Um, if you looked at missed tackles, I think we had about seven total for the game, Gary, maybe six or seven. So that wasn't a, a major issue, but, but we've got to get better defensively. So if you're able to hold this program like Louisville's offense to six points after two quarters, I mean, that's insane. I, I, I don't know if you well, were guessing that, because I sure as hell, I thought we, we would give up at least 17 by half. What do you think? Yeah, they, I mean, they, they did a good job of hanging in there and, and making plays in the first quarter. 
to keep them out of the end zone. And that, that was huge because it, it, it let them get out ahead of Louisville and, and, and obviously hit those other big plays and take command of the game. Um, but defensively, I mean, we talked about this coming into the season and, and I said that I was more concerned about the defense than the offense this year. And it's played out exactly the way I thought it would. I mean, there are times when they don't look very good and, um, you know, I'm still very concerned about the defensive tackles. Uh, I, I mean, John Ford to start the season has been, you know, I mean, I'm going to use the word horrendous because I would have said bad. And then I spent some time and looked at the grades so far this season um, for the first two games. And he's grading out like far below average, like, like, like just in, in horrific numbers. Um, so I'm not sure what the problem is there, but John Ford's playing the worst football of his career right now. And, you know, Nesta Silvera, I mean, he showed some decent effort in, in both games, but, you know, I, per- I personally just, you know, think he's just an average defensive tackle. So, you know, you're seeing the coaches start to give um, Hunte uh, more reps. He, you know, he got, a lot, he got a lot of action the other night. They're trying to develop players there. Uh, I'm sure they're, they're seeing – if I'm seeing it, I'm sure they're seeing it. And, and they're re- they know they need to get better at defensive tackle. And, you know, we'll see how that evolves as the, as the year goes on. But, um, you know, McLeod played – much, much better against Louisville, um, which was uh, encouraging to see. Um, I didn't think Bradley Jennings looked very good. I, I, I think we still got a problem at linebacker. Um, I think well, at corner, we, <laughs> well, we don't really, and, and I'm that's just, just, just when they paired McLeod and Brooks together, Gary, that's when that defense was most effective. If you go look at that, that second quarter, there was a, I think there was three consecutive series where, where Zach was at middle and Sam was that week, and that was the best the best production out of the linebacker core at that point. I don't know if you noticed that, because I sure did. Uh, I did not. Um, but, you know, my, my, my point is there's question marks. And I, we still don't – I personally don't think we really know about the corners either. Um, I don't think that, you know, that, that we've Good seen point. them – Really, really tested, and and I thought Louisville would do it a lot more, but they were they were getting so much yardage running the ball that they decided to to run a lot more the other night, and, and as opposed to, th- to throwing it to their wideouts. So, um, I still am more concerned about the defense than the offense as we go into Florida State. Uh, the, the other coaching component that really disappointed me um, was when it was obvious that uh, they were going to do an onside kick. We lined up incorrectly, I think, twice. I think there was some type of delay or something. They, some, there was, they lined up, there was a delay, the delay. They lined up again, and they, they recovered the ball. And, and for me, that comes back to the same guy being in charge of special teams, who really isn't a special teams guy. Uh, he's, he's a type of guy that has, you know, basically – Well, let, let me ask this. What's a special team? What's a special teams guy? I, you know, Pat Key's like man. everybody's. He's like everybody's punching bag these days. I don't. You know, they they oh, they they, they keep saying he's the linebacker coach. He's not the linebacker coach. He's the strikers coach. No, he's he coaches not. two. He coaches yeah. two guys. Okay, and and then yeah. the you know he does the special teams. But like, and I'm not saying he's a great special teams coach or not. I'm just saying what's a special teams coach? 
You know, it, it's like you don't well, become true, a, good, true. a you don't become a good special teams coach until you get experience coaching special teams. So this is what is yeah, third and, third and, year. And I think guys like I think that guys like Donnie Salinger they became. Uh, well versed in that, based on their head high school experience. Yeah, but right, well, yeah, right. Donnie had more of a background. Yeah, no, no doubt. And and, 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 and if you want to make the argument, everything that Miami should not be be going to the stadium on Saturday with coaches that aren't proven and aren't you know don't have a, a resume in the game, I could buy into that. You know, I'm not into this program being you know a lab experiment, which it's been way too often. Uh, you know, through through this this almost two decades of of nonsense that we've had to deal with. But, um, you know, so you want to make that point? You got no problem with me on on that. But, you know, in defense of Patsky, like, how's he supposed to become a good special teams coach? He's here. He's got the job. That decision's already been made. He can't become a good special teams coach without going through seasons running special teams. Well, I think the other thing you've got to do, and I know COVID's impacted things, but the other thing that great guys like like Solinger and, and Beamer's son and, and 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 Quinn Willard, all those guys, what they've always done is they've always spent hours and hours going to different NFL uh, organizations and working with those guys. And there's like two or three premier guys that are well retired. One that used to be with the Dolphins, and that you bring those guys in for at least a week during the spring and summer. Uh, Coach Westhoff, and, and that's where you—that's where you evolve. Yeah, no doubt. And 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 just as an aside, I'd love to see them bring Donnie Solinger in as an analyst or you know volunteer helper, or, you know whatever you you know whatever you can work out. He's just sitting over there in South Dade. Um, the guy like works out ten hours a day. He rides his bike all over town. He he runs. I mean, he's in the best shape of his life. He's an older guy now, um, but you know he, he could certainly be of help. So that's. Um, you know, that that's another thought that, you know, I don't know that they'll do it, but, um, you know, but it's it's something to think about. Well, All right, uh, before I let you go, you got anything else of any significance for us tonight? You know, I, I wanted to talk real quick about one last thing, and that's our recruiting efforts. Um, this week we've had at least three kids take these unofficial, uh, official, unofficial drive-bys by campus and spend some time on campus but not see anybody, okay, just like LSU is doing. And I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that that is happening more and more because we're catching up to some of these other programs where, in, in some cases, people are flying in to go ahead and spend a couple of days on campus and in the city and in town. So that's starting to happen, and I, mm-hmm. I'm hoping to see more of that as we go and as we have the, the national spotlight opportunities hoping that we continue to do well, that we'll get even more and more people coming in. But there's one of those guys that I'm dying to get, a kid from Virginia, Tristan Lee. I'm, I'm, I know we got no shot with him, but Gary, I tell you, that, that to me, that kid's the best offensive lineman other than the kid that Michigan got that I've seen in this 21 class. Well, and, and I don't know if they'll get a kid like that this year, but by playing these games on national TV, by being on game day, by looking good and winning, you're starting to position yourself to where when you call these kids down the road that they're not saying, ah, I'm not interested in Miami. Just hang up the phone. You know, you can get them to listen. And that's the significance. All right. What's your prediction for the Florida state game? I'm going to say it's going to be decided as it always is in the fourth quarter. And I'm going to go with 35, 17. Miami. Away the last. Yes. Miami all the way. Yep. Yeah. 35, all right, man, we'll talk to you. is what I got. 
We'll talk to you next week, be and well, you'll, uh, we'll see how Always you do. A pleasure, Take my friend. Be well. Thanks for getting us started. Yep. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550 is the number. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out to the 845, which I believe is Mr. Greg. Welcome back to Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Good, Gary. How are you? How are you doing? You feel a little better this week? Yeah, I felt I was the one who said we were going to win 48-27. I was pretty close, wasn't I? Yeah. But did everything think we were going to win last week? I don't think he did. But anyway, forget about him. Okay, let's start off. By the way, he just said we look good against the running game. They ran for 200 and something yards. What the hell game was he watching? But anyway. I I, I don't disagree with you on that one. Okay, let's start off. Our best players are our transfers. Do you agree? King, Without question. Oh, there's no question. The, uh, yes. There's no question. We're a 500 team without these guys. There's no question about it. The, the, the work that Manny Diaz has done in the transfer portal, I guess really over the last two years, because you've got to include Bolden and, and Phillips, has, has, sa- has saved him. I mean, like, like literally, like, is keeping his head coach. I mean, th- we would not be a good team without these guys. Without a doubt. So, I okay. mean, it's been great. It, it's, it's been phenomenal, phenomenal work to go out and get those guys and convince them to come here. And you're absolutely right. They, they are the difference makers this year. No question. Okay, now. Them and Brevin um, Jordan. Them and Brevin Jordan. Right. They went out, and Manny went out and upgraded his offensive staff big time in the off season. He needs to do the same this off season because these guys are not top like defensive coaches. I'm sorry. I'm tired of seeing Jalen Phillips dropping back in coverage. What, what the hell? Well, everybody, everybody does that. They do that in the NFL with their defensive ends. That's, that's, that's an in thing in football. I, I don't think you can criticize that. I mean, to me, to me, it's about recruiting. Okay. I, you know, I don't, I don't see major problems in the coaching, like, you know, that are, that are jumping out. I really don't. I mean, you know, people like to jump all over Mike Rumpf. Um, you know, those guys are, you know, I, I, Al Blades is showing development. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not saying that he's going to be a first round draft pick or anybody. I mean, he's, he's certainly showing development. Um, Ivy is, was obviously struggling week one. I think he did a little bit better week two. They got to Corey couch that they're developing now. I think he played like uh, 30, 40 snaps the other night. So, you know, to me though, it, it, it's, it's a, rec- it's more a recruiting issue than a coaching issue. You know, they, why, why have we not been able to recruit really in the entire four, four, four or five years, a top shelf linebacker in the state of Florida? Um, you know, where, where, you know, Greg Rousseau was clearly on his way to being an elite player. And you could argue the second half of last season, he was an elite player. Why have we been unable to recruit other elite players? You know, so like to me, that's if you want to like pick on a deficiency, that's where the deficiency is. I don't see major issues 
in coaching. I really don't. I mean, they're going to run. They're running Manny's defense. They're running Manny's defense. It's the head coach's defense. He hired these guys because he had a familiarity with them, and they knew his system. Okay. All right, let's go. Borregalis is the best kicker I've ever seen at Miami. Why the hell didn't we recruit this kid out of high school? Well, where were our coaches on that one? You know, I don't know all the circumstances behind that. Um, for starters, I'm guessing he was not as good coming out of high school as he is now. Um, I'll start there. I mean, he the only school in the country that recruited him was FIU. So he hadn't really established himself at this level. Now, you know, from what I understand, that the kid works enormously hard and has just kept, you know, where he really took off was when he got into a strength and conditioning program at the college level and really started to build up his strength and, 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 you know, just kept working on the accuracy side of it and working on the accuracy side of it. And now he's a complete kicker and yeah, he's phenomenal, but he's, you know, what a fifth year senior. So. Right. Okay. Couple more. Um, How about uh, Manny brings in a transfer corner next year? Because we're not doing much in recruiting corners this year. We got this kid from the West Coast of Florida who plays receiver in high school, and Tim Burns, who's a midget. I mean, where, why can't we get a decent corner to come to Miami? I, yeah, it, I, I agree with you. That, that It goes along the lines of what I just said. Now, I'm not sure how the numbers are going to be shaped. You know, the, it's all up in the air right now because of what's been going on with the coronavirus and everything. And I'm not sure how the numbers are going to work out in the off season in terms of transfers, but I can pretty much say one thing with certainty that because of the success that they've had in the transfer portal, the last two years, I think you're going to start to see go onto the transfer portal to solve problems, to be a way of doing business at Miami. Certainly as long as Manny Diaz is the head coach. Oh, okay. That works for me. All right, my last last by the way, the line moved last Saturday four points. Miami was two point underdog. They went with two point favorite. Wise guys knew what they were. But anyway. They they always point. seem to, don't they? <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but they always seem to. All right. Uh I got from a reliable source that we're making good strides in recruiting with Shamar Stewart, Armella, and Marvin Jones Jr. You got any comment on that? Um, the first two, uh, I agree. We've heard the same thing. Um, Marvin Jones Jr., um, I don't know that I ha- had heard that before, but certainly possible. Oh. All right, I'll give you my prediction for this week. Uh, actually, I'm going to agree with everything, unfortunately. 35-17, my answer. Sounds, sounds about right to me. All right, have a good week. Thank you. All right, Greg, good talking to you as always. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550 is the number. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Now we're going out to the 941. 
I believe that's where the Mikester Kane resides. Mike Mikester, welcome back to Kane Sport Live. Oh, thank you, Yuri. It is me, the good old Mikester Kane. How you doing, bud? Doing good, doing good. Season's going well so far, so it's nice yes, to see everybody. Ha- it's nice to see everybody happy. Yes, yes, for a change. That's true. That's true. In fact, I'm so happy that we're going to the FSU game this Saturday night. And guess where our stop's going to be? Sicilian oven. You got it, buddy. All right. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, we're coming down, and uh, if you're not busy or if you live near the area, you're more than welcome to, to join us. Uh, uh, I appreciate I that, I mean, man. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, and, okay, a couple things. Anyway, I think King is the real deal. Why? Because he can bait defenses. The way he did that with Knighton was nothing but spectacular. And plus answering the call when Louisville kept scoring – that's something that's uh, really, really helped with this program as well. But there's a couple things that that I must address as well. And remember what Kurt Herbstreet said during the game. He said, don't listen to the hype. Don't listen to social media, the Facebook, etc. Keep your nose to the grindstone and keep working hard. Don't get cocky. Mm-hmm. You know, there's still a lot of work to do. I mean, there were a couple of drop passes that potentially left, well, left 14 points on the field. And if you do that against Clemson or even Florida State, it can come to bite you in the end. I mean, there's still a little bit of inconsistent hand-eye discipline with a couple of receivers. The other thing, too, is dumb penalties like false starts and, uh, you know, personal fouls and that stuff. And there was another thing, too. On that Louisville touchdown where he ran the opposite side, there was a hold, and it wasn't called. I don't know what you make of that there, bud. Well, I mean, that, yeah, the, the, the refs are not exactly in midseason form either. You know, I mean, they, they've been kind of on mothballs for nine months. And, you know, yeah, they're, they're missing some things, no question. Right, right, there are. Yep, that's for sure. <clears throat> well, anyway, I'm going to give you my uh, – well, before I get to that, what do you think? Is there any possibility of bringing, potentially bringing in a transfer defensive lineman? Because both those guys, to me, kind of look non-existent. Don't you agree? Talking about the tackles. Yeah, they do. Yeah, well, we don't look yeah. very good at defensive tackle at all. Uh, so yeah, I would say – I would say there's the possibility of being a transfer anything after what after the success that they've had in the transfer portal. Yeah, yeah. So I'd say try to bring in maybe one or two uh, uh, interior linemen because, like I said before, they didn't look they look non-existent out there. I know I know Louisville is a high-powered offense. But man, we got really yeah. But they're not high powered at the line of scrimmage, and and John Ford's been particularly bad. He really has. Yeah, he's really got to step up. You know, he's really got to put his nose to the grindstone there. But I think it's kind of late, late for that now. But uh, anyway, well, let me let you go. Get some other callers on the line for you. Here's my prediction. I'm going to go 38 to 20 UM. 
And I'll tell you, I hope to see you at Sicilian Oven this Saturday. <laughs> All right, Mike. Thanks for calling right, in, man. We'll talk, care, we'll man. talk to you next week. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 865, where you are live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Whoop, I, I missed the button. Go ahead. Sorry, you're on. Welcome to Kane Sport Live. Hey, buddy. Hey, Who's buddy. That? It's James from Tennessee. How you doing? Hey, hey what's up, James? How are you doing this evening? Oh, buddy, I'm doing great. Uh, love that the show's on again tonight, and we can actually talk about a nice big win over Louisville. You know, I we talked about so much last week, and the thing that was so glaring, I was very happy that the offense opened up some things. We saw more uh, from the offense. Um, am I wrong by saying, Gary, right off the bat, do you think that there's more that we can see from Lashley's offense, um, do you think he's saving something for not only this game, but maybe for Clemson in a few weeks as well? Uh, oh, there's no que- there's no question about it. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to put it, lay it all out there in the first couple weeks, um, you know. And and I think one of the things that that he also does is that he'll come up with a couple plays that he'll design for an opponent, uh, you know, a specific opponent. And I think he did that the other night, um, based on the way Louisville plays defense, and I think that contributed greatly to them catching them in those bad switches and, 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 and schemes that allowed some of those big plays in the game. Um, so he's shown a, a, a good ability to do that as well. I mean, you, you, you can't be anything but impressed with Lashley so far. Uh, you know, he came oh. here under the gun and, and he's been everything that, that Manny Diaz could have wanted. I mean, he helped them get a, a really good quarterback. He's, he's coached that kid impeccably. I mean, De'Eric King is rock solid as can be, um, hasn't turned the ball over, is making great decisions. Is, is, you could see that he's just in command out there. Um, you watch the interactions with Lashley in between series on the sidelines, how Lashley's coaching him as the game goes on. I mean, just every bit of it is just as impressive as can be. And, Gary, I can't even remember the last time we had a coach with that much fire on the sidelines that, that actually wasn't just a raw, raw guy, but it's also translating on the field with the X's well, Enos, as well. Well, Enos had fire, but Enos didn't have the quarterback like, like, like Lashley has. Um, you yeah. know, if Enos had the Eric King last year, uh, I would make a bet that Enos is still the offensive coordinator at Miami. Yeah, 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 probably. I, I probably. think I think I, mean, I think that team last year. If you if you if you if you just take the Eric King and Jose Borregales and put them on last year's team, I think that team unquestionably wins better. nine nine ten games. Yeah, three wins. Better. And we're not I even mean, that good. We're not even that good. No. We're not even that good. And no. I still say we. Exactly. And I still say we would have won nine ten games. And and the sad thing about what you're saying, Gary, is. Maybe we're still chicken fodder for Clemson, but you're still possibly in the ACC championship game. That's how bad the Coastal was last year. Let's be real. Yeah, I, I totally I mean, agree. That's, that's how every year. It's not any better this year. Yeah, every year, every year. You're right. You're right. So, and you know, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because you know, it, it, granted, it's Louisville, but let's talk about this team this year compared to last year. Things that I noticed. I was a little disappointed that the penalties 
were 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 more this game than the UAB game. But granted, I know there was a lot of jawing. There's a lot of South Florida kids that were on Louisville. So I knew that that was going to be it. And I was really pissed off that the refs, I know you're saying they're not in midseason form. I felt that there were a lot more calls against Miami. And I don't, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. And I don't want to spend any much more time on it. A win's a win. I'm glad we took it. But shit. I, I didn't even see any movement when they called the false start. And Mallory would have had a hell of a game on that series. And maybe we score on that series. Instead, it calls it back, and I think we had to punt it early on in the game and so forth. I, I didn't see where the guy jumped or moved his head and so forth. I thought that it was a bang-bang play, and I thought it was ticky-tacky. Meanwhile, Louisville's getting away with holds. I see Jalen Phillips literally getting grabbed. And maybe he makes the play, maybe he doesn't. And the guy goes untouched into the end zone, or they score a play later. Either way, you call the 10-yard penalty. That changes a whole dynamic of a team's drive. We've lived that for years, where if, we're, if we get a holding penalty or a false start, and we can't even convert third and one, let alone third and 15, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a changer. I don't care where you are on the field and so forth. So I was a little pissed off about that with the penalties. But the thing about this team that I like, and I already noticed it, that they like each other. I can tell from, the, from, from what we uh, – last year it felt like it was two groups, uh, the offense that was not any good at all, and then a defense that was playing their hearts out, no matter what they did, just didn't have it in the tank. And, and for what? You know, they, they couldn't do as – they were out there the whole, practically the whole time after all the three and outs. But this year, I see a team that's there for each other. I love Derek King. You mentioned it. I don't think we've had the leadership at that position. No disrespect to the other guys that have come, but I have not seen the leadership and the maturity at that position since Ken Dorsey. And that was not, e- years not ago, even close. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Not even close. Not even close. And, and it makes a difference. I mean, he's composed out there. Um, I, he's a winner. And and, and, you, and you want to root for the kid. I watched that special on game day. I had no idea about his dad. Well, I knew about his dad passing away, but I had no idea about his mom, you know, surviving cancer and so forth. And, and that strikes me because my mom is a cancer survivor. And I'm just like, I, I'd root for this kid even if he wasn't at Miami right now. And I'm so glad that he picked us. He could have gone anywhere, and he picked Miami. And, and, I'm, and I'm grateful for Jalen Phillips and Bubba Bolden. I mean, you're right. The transfer portal is working now. The one guy that I'm a little disappointed in, and I think you mentioned this at the beginning of the season, that Quincy Roche, you know, going from the AAC now to the ACC, I think we're starting to see, you know, maybe, you know, he's a lot undersized. And, and you know, it just really at times I'm, I was thinking during the game, how unfair would it be if you had Jalen Phillips and Russo out there at the same time? You know, I mean, yeah. but it is what it is and so forth. But, um, but the other thing that I wanted to talk about, Gary, and I think that this is going to be a problem all season long. Where in the world are the receivers? I mean, you've got Mike Harley after four seasons still dropping passes. He could have walked into the end zone. I mean, and then Pope dropped that one wide open. He had a better game, if that's what's to say. But look what he was compared to. D. Wiggins, who was your stud in this Louisville game last year, was an absolute no-show. He has been absolutely atrocious this season through two games. And I know it's early, but this guy has got to step up in Florida State. This is what this game is all about coming up, that he's got to step it up because he has done absolutely nothing but kick another player through two games. And honestly, I want to see more, too, if there's any way, and I'm sure he's got it schemed, I want to see more of Mallory and Brevin Jordan out there at the same time because that right there 
is your bread and butter. And, and even the tailbacks are better pass catchers right now. And two of them are freshmen compared to what you've got playing the actual wide receiver position. And at this point, I want to see if what we have at, uh, at the, at, with the X-Man and with Redding and hopefully Jeremiah Payton, I don't know what the situation with that is, whether it's COVID or an actual injury, if we have him back in the fold and maybe he can finally step up the way that everybody was raving about him when he was coming out of high school a couple of years ago, Gary. Well, I, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Um, and it was when you talked about uh, Mallory and Jordan playing together. And uh, to my eye, that's when the offense is at its best, when both those guys are on the field. And I, I think Will Mallory with – with one catch on the season for 17 yards, it went for a touchdown. But Will Mallory, if we were a little bit deeper into the season, uh, you know, might be the the most underutilized player in the country. I mean, that kid has got enormous yeah. skill, and and he needs to be part of this offense. And I would love to see Lashley use both those guys at the same time because I agree with you. I think those are his two best receivers now. The receivers, you're, you know, you're obviously very spot on. And, you know, they're, they're trying to take Pope, who, as you know, was a five-star recruit, and, and they're trying to de- de- develop him and give him a chance to, to be the player that they thought they were recruiting. And um, I'm not sure he'll ever get there. I'm, I'm really not. I, I think he's been doing a little bit better this year than, obviously, he's done in the past. Wiggins... You know, so-so, not really getting a lot of opportunities. He's, a, he's got five catches in two games. He's averaging eight yards a catch, uh, not getting a ton there. Um, Harley, also five catches, you know. I mean, which is, you know, that's five catches in two games is not terrible. They're just not really impacting the game. Um, Peyton is a guy that I want to see more of. He was getting um, – he got, he got a lot of reps in the opener and obviously didn't play this past week. I really want to see more of him and see if they can get him some balls and, and see if he's got the capability to impact the product um, this year as well. Because right now, I don't feel they have a number one receiver. I don't know that they're going to have that they are going to have one this year. Uh, but there is going to come a time where they're going to need some production from that position, obviously. Oh, totally, totally, Gary. And you talk about the transfer portal. I know that people were talking about getting a transfer everything. I like how you said that. If there's a receiver that maybe not is not happy where they're at and maybe they want to showcase something, um, like almost uh, even a better K.J. Osborne, because K.J. Was, was a great addition last year with what, you know, and he didn't even have a quarterback to throw to him. That's the sad part about it. And he saved you as much as he could with what he had to work with. But my mm-hmm. point is, is that uh, basically, in a nutshell, we had um, – uh, w- w- I would love to find a receiver that could take that if Peyton doesn't make the jump or one of these freshmen don't step up. So the, the main thing, though, I agree with you. If you have um, one of the tailbacks back there, mainly Cam, De'Eric out there, both tight ends, and if one of the wide receivers can step up, that is a lot for a defense to have to game plan around. I mean, and, and if the O-line can just hold up and give them three or four seconds, I mean, that's all we're asking for. I think that this offense can just get better. And like you talked about a couple weeks ago, you wanted to see the offense get better. Well, guess what? The offense did get better. The offense got better throughout the game. And I just, and one of the callers just touched on it. I love that Louisville scored, you know, uh, here we just punched them right back in the mouth, 75 yards on each play. I haven't seen that in forever. 
and it was great to see. And you knew that it just took the wind out of their sails. And, and like another caller mentioned, it's so nice to have not only a kicker, but also a punter that can boot it down there, you know, and so forth. We, it seems like um, throughout these last few years, we've either had one or the other. We've not really had both in the same season and it's really nice to have just in case you have to depend on that because it was absolutely non-existent the last couple of seasons and cost you games in 18 and it definitely like we already talked about uh costing games in 19 a couple more yeah well, i mean with these two guys and both of them are transfers miami's guy has as good of a special teams tandem at, at kicker and punter as at probably anybody in the country yeah, and I want to ask you something, Gary. Is is, is the is the is the younger brother um, got that work ethic? You think as the older brother? Because I mean, they're yes. saying that he's just as good, if not better. So I mean, I'm just yep. curious. So what they're saying? It, about I mean, him. you know, probably not as strong because he's obviously five years younger, but uh, he will be. You know, he he definitely he definitely will be. You know, probably as good. That's good. That's good to know. A couple more points, Gary, and I'll let others get on there and so forth. A um, uh, couple more weak uh, position groups, and you already touched on it. The linebacking core, we definitely have got to get better there in recruiting. And again, we talked about it last year that falls on Manny because at the time he was coaching the linebackers and realistically they have got to get Miami caliber type talent at that linebacker position um, more than anything. Number two, the, the cornerbacks. I do like the development out of Blades, but you know um, they they are just. I, I hate to see a guy like Isaiah Dunson, who probably will be a fine player someday, just get thrown out there because you don't have any other sophomores or juniors out there that that should be ready to play and so forth, or even upperclassmen too. They missed out on a lot of guys in Blades and Ivy's class that we've talked about, and I don't even care to mention their names. I mean, they're whatever. They're, they're in they're yep. the SEC schools. Um, but that's, that's a position. And like you mentioned, defensive tackles. So realistically, the defense, um, bend but don't break. I want to be the aggressor. I want to be the defense that gets you three and out, gets that ball right back to the offense, and we just punish teams. And like you said, it's going to take a couple more recruiting classes, but I hope they have the coaches there that are making the evaluations that need to be done on that. So that's the most important thing more than anything. So, yeah. Um, Gary, real quick on a prediction. I really think that it'll be close for maybe a quarter, maybe two, but at the end of the day, I think that we're better than them. I think that they're a program that's reeling. I I don't care if their coach was on the sidelines or not. I know it's a rivalry game, but I smell blood in the water. And I think that we put it on them for the first time in a long time in our home stadium, whether they bring their damn band, whether they play their stupid song, whether they bring their purse or backpack, whether they bring whoever, uh, if they want to bring Deion Sanders and everybody else from the past, I think that we win (laughs) this game. And I'm throwing it out there, 41-13, 41-13. De'Eric King says at the end of the game, quiets everybody and says, Clemson, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. We may not beat you, but we're going to be right there, and game day is going to be there in Clemson. We're going to be top ten. They're going to be number one, and I'm going to say, let's go, baby. Roll Kane. Love you, Gary. Love the show. Wear them Kane proudly. Wear them Kane colors proudly. Fly your flag all week wherever you live. I'm flying it here in SEC country, and I'm saying, guys, let's go, Kane, baby. All right, James. Thanks, as always, for the call, man. Wow, you gotta love his love his enthusiasm, like his prediction too. That 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 was that was pretty good. All right, five six three nine 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 three five five zero five six three nine 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 three five five zero. You hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We are gonna now go do a quick check in with our Kane Sport managing editor, Mr. Matt Shodell. 
Uh, Matt, how you doing tonight? That uh, James is a tough act to follow, but I don't think there's a guy on the planet better equipped to do that than you. So how you doing this evening? Yeah, good. Yeah, I don't know that I can add much to what James said. We've covered everything. I mean, we've got to get him on staff. Yeah, he's fired up. Now that the guy I'm waiting to call, I gotta see if he calls in tonight. Is that guy Deuce from last week's show? He was yeah. he was yeah he was money in the bank. He really knew his stuff. But anyway, so what do you think, man? You know, what are you, what are your thoughts? What do you think of the Louisville game? I was um, surprised by how bad Louisville was on defense. I thought it'd be, be I thought they'd be better than last year, and I was also surprised by how well Miami played on defense in the first half and on offense, you know, for the most part, um, you know, it's just still, you know, I have friends always asking me, you know, is Miami for real or whatever. And like, I don't know what to tell them. Like we haven't seen, usually you see the team in the spring, you see the team in the fall, you know, we see them in person at practices. We haven't. All we've seen Miami play is a UAB team, which obviously Miami, every single player at every single level is better than them talent wise. And we see them play a Louisville team that we're really, you know, this is a Louisville team that two years ago had two wins, right? And we know they're bad on defense. We're still not sure if Louisville's going to be good or bad this year. Um, so to me, like, I'm not ready to say, like, Miami's for real. This is going to be a great team. I think there are some indications that it's going to be great. I have a ton of room of optimism right now. But I've been so disappointed in the past. Every time I'm ready to say, like, oh, yeah, this team's for real. They're 10-0, you know, a few years ago. Oh, yeah, this team's for real. And then, like, they are terrible the last three games. And, like, oh, we just they won a huge game against a top-20 team. You know, this is it. And then they lose it to some no-name team, you know, the next week. So, like, and, and FSU's not going to really be, you know, FSU's pretty bad. So, you know, I think, that, I think it's really going to take it till three weeks from now when they play Clemson, I mean, if they can play Clemson even close, um, you know, that would really show this, this team is the real deal to me, you know? Um, but I think until then, we're not going to know. We just haven't had enough um, room to really see quite what's going on. You know, someone was telling me the other day, like, if you take away, you know, those long total busts by Louisville on defense, that uh, there was not a ton of offense downs. Yeah, it, it probably would have been a pretty close game, and it might have, you know, been down to the wire. So, you know, look, it, it's just to me, I think things are looking great, but I would like Miami fans to have some, you know, cautious optimism. I don't want fans freaking out if they beat FSU by two points, you know, or whatever it is. Like this is still a work in progress, right? This is not a championship level team yet to me, no matter what you want to think. Like, it's going to take another few years. There's just not enough depth, um, high-talent depth. Uh, Manny Diaz deserves a ton of credit for what he's done. The, the transfers he's brought in have transformed this team from what it would have been. It would have been – can you imagine if this team didn't have – Without the transfers, it's, it's a, yeah, it's a 500 Dallas, team at best. Yeah. Oh, at best. I mean, at best. It would be a disaster. So, I mean, a ton of credit to the coaching staff. But depth isn't there yet. Coaches have to keep coaching up the younger guys. It's going to be another two or three years, good recruiting and, and good development to really be where Clemson is. But we can get a gauge in a few weeks where Miami is Clemson-wise. Well, you know, I, I like the fact that they were peeling back the onion, so to speak, after, after the game. Because, you know, like you mentioned, when you take those uh, bus plays out of the equation and, 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 and you know, they, the other 57 plays in the game, they averaged two and a half yards of play, which is, you know, not great. So um, I think it's good that it kept everybody humble. I think it's good that the coaches were able to walk in the next day and say, hey, guys, 
you know, I, I, you know, we're all excited. A win is a win, you know, obviously coming from where we were and everything, but we got a whole lot of improvement that we can make. Let's go to work, you know? And, and I think that, that helps a lot. And really on both sides of the ball. I mean, I was talking earlier, you know, we, we said before the season defensive tackle is a question mark. Well, I mean, John Ford has been missing in action this season. I'm not quite sure why or what, but he he is graded out horrendously. Well, well, I mean, was he so great last year? You know, I mean, no, uh, I didn't no, the last no. Year, so. Yeah, you're right. No, he was not. And, and and that's why we were saying that defensive tackle was a question mark. But you know, he's really been pretty bad if the grades are accurate. And and I noticed, I've noticed just to the blind eye that he wasn't playing very well. And you know, Nesta's been so so, but they don't have a lot of quality at defensive tackle right now. And they're having to play Harrison Hunte a lot, which is, I think, is a good thing because you need to start developing your younger players there. Um, but he's certainly not ready, I don't think, to be a dominant player. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're still question marks. Linebacker is obviously still a question mark. Um, I thought Zach McLeod played well last week, but, but that's not rock solid by any stretch of the imagination. The corners have not really been tested to where we could say we're comfortable there yet, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, there's so many areas that this team can continue to get better. And to me, that's a positive because it, it, it keeps them working. Yeah. I mean, it's so weird to me because like, you know, Manny Diaz said it, um, when was it yesterday? He said, you know, it's either you're great or you're terrible in the fans' minds, you know, and they try to not listen to the outside noise, but it's so interesting to me. It's almost like the Trump versus Biden camp, right? It's like the Miami fans are divided into this, oh, everything's amazing, we're great, versus this, you know what, there's a lot of problems on this team still, and we're not real good. And, like, it's almost like a 50-50 split to me. Like, you see it on the message boards all the time. The, you know, there, there's these two different camps and this dichotomy of is Miami for real or isn't it? And the reason that is, is like I said before, we don't know. Um, you know, yeah, the defense tackles haven't played well, but you know what? Maybe there's not that many other good teams in the ACC that are going to be able to take advantage of that. I mean, how many real, like you're talking about Pitt, other than Clemson, you're talking about Pittsburgh and North Carolina. Are both those teams really any better than Miami? I, I don't really think so. Like I could see Miami winning both those games. For I, sure. I, I, I think they're, you know, I think those are two dangerous teams, but no, they're not better. I mean, those are going to be, you know, you have Notre Dame, which we're not playing, and then you got Pitt and North Carolina, and we don't know about Virginia Tech yet, but you know, that's it. I mean, the, those other teams, I don't think are going to be able to, to 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 compete with this team. And and the issue is going to be, can Miami play to its potential every week and get better every week, which has not been the case for so long. I mean, that's why I worry because. You know, following this team for years and years, it's like you, you get sort of accustomed to, okay, let's not get our hopes up. You know, I mean, look, I, I remember covering this team in 2001. Like, you just expect them to win. And when they walked off the field after a win over a top 20 team, there was no celebration in the locker room. It was just like, this is what was supposed to happen. We did our job. Move on to the next game. I don't like that Manny Diaz keeps saying how the guys were celebrating so much in the locker room. It was so great. No, don't celebrate in the locker room. Like, that's what should have happened. You shouldn't be jumping up and down after a game and celebrating like you just won this, did this amazing thing. Uh, I, I, I'm not a fan of that. Like, I understand it's college football. They should have fun. But at the same time, like, you watch the Miami Heat, and it's, it's just so interesting, you know. They're not necessarily supposed to win a lot of these games that they're winning, you know, based on the regular season. But they win a series. They win a game. They just walk off the court. 
they're not jumping up and down. I mean, it's, it's the only guy who really celebrates is is the, a bench guy who's waving his arms up and down all the time. But the players who matter, it's just business. Like, this is what you need to do. This is supposed to happen. I'm supposed to score. We're supposed to win. We did our job. Stay focused. Move on to the next. Not, oh, my God, let's go crazy in the locker room. Enjoy this. And this was great. And, oh, my God, we're, we're amazing. No, like that – that to me, you know, because I covered this team when they were great, you know, back in, and so did <laughs> you. And I don't, I, and we used to go in the locker room five or ten minutes after the game before these rules changed, and they weren't celebrating and jumping up and down. They were taking a shower. They were at their lockers, focused, and just, you know, maybe listening to some music, whatever. It was just a business-like environment. And and I, I know Manny is all about the rah rah stuff. I wish that wouldn't be the case because, I mean, when this team was great. You know, they had swagger on the field, and when they were off the field, it was just like, okay, that was supposed to happen. Let's just keep focused and move on to the next. So, I don't know. That's just how I look yeah, at but it. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. That, that turnover chain this year, that, that, that thing's a work of art now. I mean, I love the, <laughs> I love the job that the jeweler did this year with, with the, the different colors on Dade Broward Palm Beach and highlighting the state of Miami and how perfect the state of Florida looks on that chain. And, um, the, you know, that thing's a work of art. But, you know, Matt, I, 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 I'm not sure – that they've really learned how to win business like yet. I, I mean, the, I mean, yeah, I think you have to consider where they're coming from. I mean, they finished last year losing to FIU, Duke, and Louisiana Tech. So any victory is going to be, you know, probably cause for celebration in the locker room. And a win on the road where it's hard to win and against a, a decent team, uh, you know, I, I think still to for a team like this that hasn't been winning. Um, is probably maybe more of a monumental uh, occurrence than what you're talking about you would like to see. And I don't you know, totally disagree with you. Um, I just don't know that they're there yet in terms of winning. And um, I think you know, maybe if they keep winning these games the way they have been and, and, and keep having success, you know, maybe it'll become more like you know, standard operating procedure. But I'm just not sure they're there yet. So Florida State, Saturday. And um, you know, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, just Florida State's not good. You know, they're they're a, they're a real mess over there. I mean, they they pretty much. I don't think they could beat any decent team right now. Um, you know, just trying to break down some of their perspective today. And uh, I mean, they have got like a you know a, a really good defensive tackle. They're they might have their best defensive player back at safety, but he's probably gonna be limited snap count. He's season-ending season injury. He hasn't played since last year, the end of last year. Um, They've got, like, a decent linebacker. But, you know, the, the, the front seven's okay, nothing special. Their offensive line's a total disaster, and, and two of their linemen are banged up. It's not even clear if they're going to be ready to play or will be at 100%. Um, quarterback has been hot and cold his whole career. Uh, the, the whole running game, you know, is, is, is not the same without Cam Akers there. Um, at least it doesn't appear the same. They have a really good wide receiver, and that's it. So, like – this team does not worry me at all. I know it's Miami versus Florida State, blah, 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 blah. But, like, this is, like, maybe a, a slightly below mid-level ACC team this year. I, I, I can't imagine Miami losing as long as they just show up ready to play. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. It would be shocking to me if this was even a close game in the fourth quarter. And you got a, and you got a coach uh... – with coronavirus. <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. That, that, that's a new one. That's interesting. So, uh, you know, it's it funny. I was looking into it a little bit yesterday, just what they're going through 
to try to allow him to do his job this week. They got cameras all over the the, the, the practice field, and he's sitting at home looking at different monitors on different fields, and um, he's coordinating all the team meetings by Zoom and stuff. So it's uh, the modern-day technology is being put to the test up in uh, Tallahassee as Mike Norville tries to do his job. But it, it'll be interesting. I, I think Miami's going to win handily, personally. I'm with you. I don't think Florida State's very good. And I think that'll be a great thing for Miami because they're down, and you want to keep them down because Florida's up. And, you know, if you're going to take forward steps in recruiting throughout the state of Florida, it doesn't hurt to have Florida State you know, really struggling. So um, keep them down while they're down as far as I'm concerned. All right, Matt. Well, uh, thanks for popping on with us for a little bit tonight and um, we'll see how the week plays out. Yeah. Looking forward to it. All right, Matt. Good talk to you. It's Matt Shodell, our managing editor at canesport.com. Let's see. We're getting ready. We're actually into the second hour now. The number is 563-999-3550, 563-999-3550. You hit the number one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. And let's go out now to the 305. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How are you, hey, Gary, how are you this evening? Oh, is that him? Yeah. Yeah. How you doing? You're, there's something wrong with your with your with your sound. You to, uh, make sure you're talking to your phone. Uh, can you hear me? Uh, now? Can you hear me now? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Try. We'll try it. Uh, hold on. Uh, hold on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? No, you you got some kind of weird echo. I'm gonna put you on hold. Try to get it straightened out, and we'll come back to you. Let's go to the nine one seven. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. What's up, BK Hurricanes? Hey, what's up, BK? How you doing this week? What's going on? Uh, doing good, doing good. Florida State week, man. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I didn't, uh, I didn't have a chance to call the. I think uh, last two weeks, I think, because you know, I was still, I was still a little in my feelings about all this hype news I was getting, and you just confirmed it. They're, they're. I mean, I mean, granted, they have some NFL caliber players, at least four of them, when I count it, on, on offense. But they're just not a very good team. Correct. They have some talent they're, they're, in spots, they're just, but they're not yeah. a good team. That's a great description. They have four NFL caliber players, not, just not very good. Uh, two things that 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 really you know that was glaring to me watching the game on Saturday. One, well, three. One, Jalen Phillips is is incredible. He has a motor that just doesn't stop. He's nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. He's, he's, he's playing, playing for that money, man. He's playing play. for the money. Show me and the money. He should keep, should keep playing for it. He's not going to get that many sacks if they keep holding him. Because it was a holding fest against Jalen Phillips on Saturday. <laughs> Every opportunity they had to hold him, they they did. The other thing is Miami's conditioning is off, off the chain. Mm-hmm. I didn't see one well, tired guy there. I'm looking at the Louisville team. They're huffing and puffing. And Miami's well, just... You know what? You're making a great point, and and let me tell you something. When you're when you're training in South Florida, you, you got you know is it, it, when you and you have a situation like what they've been through this off season, that that is a big edge. You're absolutely right, and and no one. You're the first person I've heard mention that, and it, it had entered my mind in, it, through these weeks. 
but uh, that's a big edge, man, that conditioning early in the season because, uh, you know, some of these teams, like, they're not training in the same, you know, heat and humidity and conditions that Miami players have been, and I think it does get you in better shape. And I brought that up because we have so many teams just right now in the ACC that's dealing with the coronavirus, coronavirus, coronavirus thing. And, you know, just based off of experience, people that I know up here in New York, you know, you know they seem fine, but they're not, you know, it takes a while for them to get back up to 100%. Now, I'm not saying that they're world-class athletes like a lot of these players are, but to be, to have the coronavirus and then to just have to rebound, it's not going to be an instant turnaround. And if Miami's coming in 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 the kind of shape that they're in right now, they're going to put a lot of teams under pressure. When that fourth quarter comes, that third, when they're deep in that third quarter, early in that fourth quarter, they're really going to, when they really start to kick it up a notch, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be an impressive sight. Yeah. You factor in the tempo it's, of the offense against the defense. Yeah, but absolutely. It's going to, I mean, every time that, you know, Miami scored, on the one play, 75 yards both times, I said, shit, they got to send the defense back out there. And LSU didn't miss a beat. Didn't well, yeah, and beat. the funny thing I mean, is because of those short drives, they I think they only had like 60 offensive plays in the Louisville game, which is probably right. the lowest they'll have in any game this year. Right. They didn't miss a beat. And the, the other thing that, you know, this isn't really a bad thing, but they obviously exploited a matchup, right, Louisville, Pichu Atwell against – Bubba Bolden. But Bubba Bolden did the best he could do. I think he did a great job. Granted, <laughs> granted, Atwell had, what, like 120 yards receiving, what, a couple of touchdowns, I think? Um, I'll look up the exact it's number. A it's a shame you had a, big, you had a big safety on that shifty, you know, probably the fastest guy in the NCAA. And yeah, 114, he but he wasn't covering a man the whole game. I mean, it was, it was just a yeah, question of what man. coverages they were in. No, not men, but it just depended on the play call on on a given play. Right, you know, and those they, were the plays where you saw Atwell like he kind of okay exposed Bubba just a little bit. I think that was purposely because those plays it was always against Bubba Bolden, even though he did a great job. I mean, considering you know what I'm saying he's a big safety against a, a fast you know receiver like that. You know, like it was what you know. It is what it is. We just don't have the personnel to have been able to cover Tutu Atwell, and Bubba Bolden was the best that we had, and he had an amazing game. He, he, you know, like he put the NFL on notice. Yeah, and I think, like I said, that the formations and and the scheme that's called on a given play dictates that a lot too. Right, right, right. Another thing is, I know this is FSU week, and oh yeah, you know, you know, you could never overlook these teams, but I don't ever remember FSU being this bad, and I don't ever remember Miami being as bad as what FSU is right now. Yeah, that's they're a, struggling. I mean, two, two years that, in a row, not bad. even making a bowl. They didn't make a bowl game two years in a row. I mean, <laughs> when did you ever that's think you'd bad. see that happen to FSU? I thought I, I thought I would never see that, and, and if it wasn't for the transfer portal, Miami would have been dangerously close to being that. Oh, there's no doubt. Dangerously close to being there. If it was a no, the, the, the difference between the two programs right now is the transfer portal. Miami mm-hmm. has owned it. Miami has absolutely owned it, and that's why Miami's a better team. Exactly, exactly. And, and we'll and, see how the game goes Saturday, but I'm not sure it's close right now. 
because of the I transfers. I have 45 to 28 in that game. Mm-hmm. And they only Sounds about right. Because they might score, they might score some garbage time. I mean, some garbage points. And, you know, they might score some because if Miami gets up on them and they really start start pounding that ball, like pretty much what everybody thinks they're going to do now, because you have to respect Miami running the ball with the running back and De'Ara King, and now you got to respect the tight ends. And if the wide receivers ever decide to get their act together, it's, it could be pretty impressive. It could be pretty impressive if the wide receivers ever get their act together. But that's that's just something we have to wait and see. Hope hope and pray that they give – they might have to start giving some of these freshmen a chance because I don't think they could do any worse. Yeah, like, I mean, uh, we'll see how their Michael development – yeah, well, you know, like Peyton is the one that. Kid. I don't think the Restrepo kid drops that. I don't think the Restrepo kid drops that ball. Yeah, well, the, Peyton's the one that supposedly is most ready to get a shot, so we'll see. Right, All right well, BK, you got anything else? No, that's it. That's it. Just, just keep me on the line, and I'm predicting you got a big blowout and another uh, prime time game against Clemson, which will really do a lot for recruiting. All right, man. Thanks for being part of the show, as always. Now let's uh, go back to Adam in the 305. Let's see if he's got his sound together. Adam, you with us? Yeah, Gary. Can you, yeah, hear, Gary. Me? Can you hear me? No, you're, you you got double audio and you're you're echoing. Just uh, call back in and hit the one, and I'll come looking for you. All right. Okay. All right. Let's go to the um, the 202. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, what's up, Gary? Who's from DC? Hey, what's up, man? How you been, man? We've been wait- we've been waiting for your call. You're like the legend of the show now. Everybody loved you last week. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm I'm give you the uh, give you the best. So uh, <laughs> we're we're uh, we're 21 and 28 points better than Louisville. I think everybody saw that. We didn't finish a couple plays that we needed to finish. We didn't, you know, we stalled ourselves on on drives and penalties and stuff like that. But we showed that we're a much better team than Louisville. Now everybody. Every, everybody uh, that, that I know didn't give us a shot. A lot of fans didn't give us a shot. A lot of pundits didn't give us a shot. So that's like why are they celebrating in the locker room because nobody gave us a shot. He's talking about the 2000 team, the 2001 team. By the time they got to that point, Gary, they went through wars. So they were men. The, the, the guys that won championships for us in 2000, 2001, when we got robbed and all of that in 2000, and we won in 2001, those guys were men, grown men. They went through wars. They suffered getting killed by Florida State, you know, losing to ECU and things of that nature. So we got we to gotta get to that point, but allow them to get to that point. Everybody, like I keep telling you, everybody points out what we don't do well. Or, oh, man, could you imagine if we didn't have these guys, we would be terrible. Well, look, guys, in the NFL, can you say, well, imagine if they didn't draft this guy? No. If they traded for him, what's the difference? If they signed him as a free agent, what's the difference? He's on the team. Stop breaking it down, right, and, and, and undressing it to make it look how you want to look. We beat them on their field. Nobody gave mm-hmm. us a shot. We came in and we beat them. And if you want to keep it real, it wasn't a game. All right, so, so let's, go, let's go point for point. Defensive tackles, right? You don't like them. All right, well, you, you ever heard of a gentleman named Mike Shanahan? The coach? Yeah, you, you heard of Mike Shanahan, right? Of course, yeah. Why, why did he win two Super Bowls? 
because he ran a zone rushing scheme, right? So his offensive linemen are smaller. They get out and they simply replace the line of scrimmage by going in one direction. So you can go anywhere you want to go if you're a running back. While our defensive tackles, we don't necessarily have the personnel to deal with that on a on a down by down basis. You see guys like Saban, right? Saban recruits and he has multi he has multiplicity in his personnel. So C.J. Mosley or a guy like Rashawn Evans will, will play more in certain games than a guy like maybe Hightower based on matchup. But he had enough bodies to where he can run a scheme in particular for this game and then go back to business how he wants to do it going forward. That's what we don't have. But the reason why you haven't seen John Ford look look like like himself last year at the least, right, is because the two teams we just played run outside zone schemes and he can't get there. Right? Right. So then Nesta yep. great, Nesta good, great is point. actually Nesta is actually perfect for that because the, the strength of Nesta is his motor. He actually can run very well for a defensive tackle. And if you look, he got a lot of tackles down the field. Because he's him and Harrison Hunt had a they, they had a very good games because they can get skinny and get through those creases when the when the lineman passed them to try to get up on the second level. Our line it doesn't do our linebackers any good, but our linebackers aren't made for that either. We don't have the speed to deal with that. The good thing is we don't have to play Louisville every week. Just like Mike Shanahan won Super Bowls doing this, the reason why is because teams couldn't afford to devote personnel to just him for every single game. So it was a, we got to outscore Denver. And what would Denver do? Run the football, take the air out of the ball. Same thing Louisville does. They run zone, they take the air out of the ball in, in a sense, but they're trying to get your offensive line they're trying to replace the line of scrimmage to recreate it, and it causes confusion. That lets them get up to your linebackers and your safety. So that's why that went the way that went. You talk about blades not getting uh, tested, right? Well, if you go look at Pro Football Focus, blades graded out, I believe, the number one corner over the past weekend. You don't, for some reason, you don't like to give blades as much credit as another fan. I'm not going to say you don't give him any credit, but blades is solid. Blades going to be a guy. Blades has taken a step forward so far this year. Uh, you know, I Blades I, I could see I could see last year, Gary. Okay, but Blades but took what? A step forward last year. Go look at go look at all his numbers. Look at his completion percentage. Blades was very good last year. Blades has never been a problem, and he will never be a problem. He has it. He has he has a dog in him. He has the mentality, and he wants to get better. He wants to make the play. Blaze is not going to back down. Blaze is the least I want to see him. Te- I want to see him tested so I can have a better opinion. And he, you know, he might get tested a little bit this week, and he'll certainly get so tested look. against Clemson. So I think the, you know, going through these next two games, I think we'll, we, you know, we'll get a, a little bit better idea on a guy like him. All right. So look about our defense. We run blitzes with a shell, of course, because every zone has a shell. The only time we don't have a shell in our defense is when we go. Man, cover cover zero, maybe cover one. We very rarely do that. We have to be feeling ourselves to do that, right? So he's not really going to get tested because Blaze, basically, they, they pattern match and they, they kind of run a cover three, cover one scheme where he can kind of let the, go, the guy go inside because he can pass it off. But the quarterback usually hits the receivers. On, on, if you notice, when we play against uh, a good passing team, they hit in-breaking routes on us a lot because – the corners try to pass it off to the linebackers. Obviously, we don't have the linebackers to really run it, but we can get by because we're playing in the ACC. So we don't get tested at corner because of the scheme we run. If you notice, when uh, it was uh, 
Corn uh, uh, Elder and them left, everybody was worried about what we were going to do at corner. And then we, we ended up having, like, the number two pass efficiency defense because of the way they run their defense is always a man or two over the top. More often than not, there's going to be three men over the top. And they kind of do chaotic things inside of it. So they're not really going to put the corners in positions to get tested like how you think. It's not a sole cover, uh, cover one, cover two type of deal. It's a lot of traps in the zones. So it's a lot of, the, you know, the, the corner may look like he's uh, deep third, but he's really trapping on two. And that can get you a quick interception and things like that. So why you, it, you, you, you never see them too stressed about corner. You, they have like this thing about them because they, they hide them and they run these zones. But that's also why we give up a lot of cheap yards. So there's the pro and the con in that. Uh, uh, Zach McLeod played the best game of his career on Saturday. Period. The best game. He took on guard, still made tackles, the sack yep. at the end. He, he, he takes a lot of false steps. But Saturday, he played a man's game. And, and that's what you have to have. Because one thing he can do, he's kind of robotic, but he can run. Right? So if you get him going one direction, he can get there. And he, and he pretty much got there. Um, Bubba Bowden was matched up on 2-2 because the scheme that they were running, it was it, they don't have the personnel to take a corner off the, the boundary or the field and put inside to cover someone. They don't, they don't have that right now. Right, so what what they what they did was they put Bowden over top of three, three being the inside receiver closest to the tackle. They put him there and they ran a, and ran it out, kind of like a rub route. He 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 may have known that he might not have wanted to guess wrong, but that's just going to happen within any scheme. Any team could give that up. That's not Bubba Bowden's fault. It's not necessarily the coach's fault. They just called the perfect play against that defense. That's just that's just what that was. Offensively, the uh, the, the guy that called you, he was so down on the receivers. First of all, Mallory and Brevin played the whole game on the field together just about. So a lot of the times, Harley was Harley may be in with Wiggins and Pope, but sometimes it'll just be Pope or it'll just be Harley, right? So Harley got targeted a lot. He dropped two passes. That, was, that, wasn't, that wasn't ideal, obviously. However, he, he had a, a decent game. Pope actually had a decent game minus the one drop. I'm, I was surprised it didn't get to Wiggins, right? But – you know, sometimes the way they, you know, Louisville knew who, who Wiggins was at, from last year, right? And they knew who Harley was. So give them credit. Um, they tried to sell out and do things like make King get the ball out of his hands in certain situations. We tried to hit Wiggins on a on a, a post type of slant type of deal, and the defender got his hand on it. If he didn't, that would have been a touchdown. So they're trying to do different things. They really didn't run. They only ran mesh one time, and Wiggins was wide open. But the the, uh, the offensive line gave up the pressure, or I think Cam gave up the pressure on that. So they're trying to do different things to work them into the game. They realize what they have. So you see Brevin and Mallory really, uh, they're featuring them is what's going on. So you're, you're, you're whining about the receivers, but they're featuring the tight end. Kind of like what the 49ers did. They featured Kittle, but they run schemes to get the receivers open. It's, it's something similar to that. So don't get well, so this, down on the receivers. I mean, I, you know, I, I think you're overstating it a little bit. I mean, Will Mallory has one catch on the season so far. Like, yeah, I agree with you that, that they're they're trying to feature the tight ends more, and Brevin Jordan had the big game. But at some point, you got to be able to get something out of your receivers, and it, it's it's been relatively modest so far. Okay, I understand that, Gary, but the other people on the other side of the ball playing football too. We're not going against uh, – it's not 7-on-7. Seven seven. We're not going against uh, a stickman, Gary. We're playing football. And the other team can do things to where the dictates the king don't go here with the football. You know, maybe last year Jaron tries to fit a ball into somewhere to one of those guys and it gets picked off. 
King's not going to do that. He's going to go. No. You see him he working progression. Progression. Yeah, he protects the ball. So it, I understand. I want them to be productive as well. But I, I do understand there is a learning curve, and Lashley's still figuring things out. He didn't have a spring, right? He he had a fall camp, but he he's still trying to figure things out. We have not seen – we may have seen 40% of the offense. You you have no idea what this guy has in the bag, Gary. Just sit back and watch. I promise you. You have no idea. The, the receivers are going to look much better going forward. You know, I, I, I can – I'm not saying we're going to have a 1,000-yard receiver, but you're not going – they're not going to look – as bad as they did against UAB. It's going to steadily, you know, get better and better. What you're saying with Brevin was they moved Brevin around more than they moved Will Mallory around, so he got more opportunities. But those two catches that Mallory would have, the one that didn't count, but that that Mallory had, you can see what we can do with them. But also Louisville was like, hey, we're not letting this guy get get loose again. So they'd rather let Brevin catch the ball behind the line of scrimmage and, and, and gang up and go tackle him. And last week, everybody told me how good Louisville was. I don't want to hear Anything about how bad or, oh, they just weren't – I don't want to hear it. Because you told me before the game that – not you in particular, but everybody told me before the game, Louisville was just, just juggernaut. They're just offensively great. So we gave up 34 points. Well, if you said that Louisville was good on offense, what did you expect? They ran yeah, – No, like no they, are. They're, they, they are. They are a very good offensive team, no doubt about it. But what, what do you think about Florida State this week, Deuce? What do you think? Okay, so well, Florida State – feel like they have the athletes, but what, what Florida State is missing is they don't believe in what they're doing, and they don't believe in each other. So as soon as they, soon as something goes wrong, as soon as they get down 10 to 14, it's over. As soon as they face adversity, it's over. So especially on offense, if you can do things to James Blackman, they'll never win because he's in his own head. So me personally, I feel like we're going we're gonna to run things on uh, Florida State that we didn't run last week. He uh, Lashley has a history against this guy Fuller, so they kind of know each other pretty well. Obviously, Lashley has different personnel. He had a uh, Shane Bouchel last year, but King presents different type of opportunity, I mean, different types of uh, headaches and uh, great opportunities for us. So I feel like we can do what we want to do on offense. Defensively, what I'm worried about is them getting confidence, completing passes down the field, or running the ball. Right. So I think you you you, you gotta we're going to play zone. That's a given, but they don't pose nearly as much of a threat running the football that Louisville did, so I don't want the guys to relax. But they can throw the ball down the field if they get favorable matchups against Terry. But for some reason, we do really well against him. I can't really explain it, but he never really does anything against us. So maybe Manny's scheming to take him out. But I don't, I don't think it'll be uh, too much of a game. I'm more so leaning towards like a 42, maybe 17, 42-21 type of game. I think they'll score points on us because for some reason when we score, we get lax on the, the following possessions. Um, but I don't think they, they'll do anything that, that'll really keep us from figuring them out to win the game. That, that's, not, that's not even a, a, a question in my opinion. All right, Deuce. Well, uh, well, we'll see what happens and give us a call next uh, Tuesday night and we'll talk about it. All right. Have a good one. All right, man. Good speaking to you. That's uh, Deuce. Always a knowledgeable football call. Uh, let me uh, take a quick jump here and see if Adam's gotten his, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Adam's gotten his uh, audio straightened out. Adam, you with us? Yeah, Gary. Can you hear me now? Yeah, much better. So go ahead, man. What you got this uh, week? A couple things. One, um, after Alblade's junior interception, why, with us not getting the ball to begin the second half, 
why did we run it when we were near midfield instead we were opening up the passing game instead i think we did three runs and then punted you know, I don't remember what the yard line was there, but, uh, you know, I, I think in that situation um, that you've got control of the game. You don't, you don't want to do anything crazy that, that's going to, you know, turn the momentum right before the half. Yeah. Yeah, I, that, that, that's, that's why I think they made that decision. There was no reason to force it. Okay. I mean, I thought because we didn't have it, um, that's why. And also, um, I was listening to the podcast on 24-7, the day and night, and I was thinking about last year's team. I don't know if last year – the resolve in this year's team, especially on the offensive end, I think is already apparent because I don't know how this team's resolve would have been last year after Louisville's two scores to start the second half, how our response had been. Because it really wasn't good throughout last year, so that's an encouraging sign. Yeah, yeah. I never, I never really was have been concerned about resolve. I mean, there, there just were there were there have been times where we just weren't good enough and things like that. But especially on the defensive side of the ball, I never really had concerns about resolve. No, I was talking more on the offensive side that we give up a long score and they go within seven, and then we go a quick three and out and give the ball right back. Instead yeah, well, it's a, it's a whole new right deal on on the offensive side. I mean, Lashley well, that's what came. I meant. Yeah, they brought a whole new mood, and it's awesome. Well, I think Kirk Herbstreit on the broadcast called it like the Indy 500 offense. I mean, you <laughs> could even see in the second quarter how gassed Louisville already was, and not to mention, I mean, we were breaking free. And on the offensive end, I just want to bring. Do you think Mark Pope will ever truly get it together? Because know, he had a couple good catches, the one on the slant, the one on the third and long, but then King hits him perfectly in the breadbasket, so to speak, and he drops it. And I yep. think he was targeted 10 times. So with this guy being a five-star recruit, do you think he could ever truly put it all together and be the player we thought he was when he came out of Southbridge? I think we got to forget that he was a five star. I, you know, I, I think he's he's been carrying that label now for three years, and I think it's it's creating an expectation of of how he's going to perform, and I'm not sure he's going to be able to live up to that. So, you know, I I think we got to forget that he's he was a five star and just look at him as Mark Pope, a receiver for the Miami Hurricanes, and see how much he can contribute. But not let's not. Okay. I think we got to stop expecting him to be a superstar because he clearly is probably not going to be. Okay, and speaking of freshman receivers, one that I did see out there, and I'm hoping could be like another great freshman. What about Michael Redding the third? I think that's his name. He's, he's got um, a nice frame. He's got a nice frame. He, he's he's learning. Um, I think Peyton is probably a little bit ahead of him right now, but. You know, maybe over the course of the season, he pulls even or that changes. Um, but he's definitely, okay. you know, of the young receivers, I, you know, he's he is getting some burn this, this year, which tells you that the coaches feel like, you know, that he's got potential. Yeah. And um, do you think by midseason, if these receivers don't live up like the upperclassmen, the Wiggins, the Harleys, 
the um, obviously the Pope. Do you think we could be seeing Smith and Restrepo getting more of a burn? I think when they prove on the practice field that they're better than those guys, that you'll see that. Oh, okay. But um, I don't, you know, also, obviously that has not happened yet. Yeah. Um, also on the defensive end, do you see like, um, not Harvey, um, Harrison Hunt and um, Cam Williams. Holly. Well, well, those are tackles. Well, Holly, those aren't ends. Well, well that's They're, what I'm talking about. The, the okay. tackles. You, you said ends, um, right? Yes, Harris. tackles. I meant tackles with Harrison yep. Hunt and Holly, hopefully providing depth and hopefully improving that tackle front because you said early on that the tackles have been very disappointing to say the least. Yeah, but I, you know, I thought Deuce made a good point. I mean, John Ford has been really bad so far, but I think Deuce made a good point that the style of, of offense of the first two opponents doesn't really lend itself to John Ford. Um, okay. You know, John Ford is more a plugger. He's key. He's the, he doesn't move well, and, and against the, an outside zone running game, you got to be able to move a little bit. So, uh, you know, I thought he made it that Deuce made a good point, and uh, we'll, we'll see if he does better starting this week. Okay. And speaking of DTs, I know we have Taylor coming in next year. Do you think he's plug and play? And I know I'm looking ahead for the 2021 class. He's going to be a true freshman. I'd hate to put that kind of expectation on him. I I think that Taylor is going to be a very, very good player at Miami. I think he's got a chance Mm -hmm. to be exceptionally good, but to predict that a defensive tackle is going to walk into college and start from the beginning. I mean, the, the odds are very much against that. Okay. And yeah. I don't even think Warren Sapp started when he walked on to you. They're, just, they're, they're, was... just not, they're not physically ready. Their technique's not ready. It's yeah. It's asking okay. a lot. Um, a couple other things um, with, um, and I, I noticed this more, um, could it be like, I know Louisville got a lot of yards, but they were mentioning this that Hawkins is going to be an NFL player. So could it be more that last week, we just played a really good running back more than the defense was just awful in giving well, up. I'd, all say, of these I'd say a yards. combination. I, I honestly didn't think Hawkins played all that well. He was having a hard time, you know, with his feet. He, he, you know, there, there were some times where he busted through the first level and it looked like it might go for big, big yardage where he, you know, he, he, it was only like an eight yard gain or nine, you know, so I, I thought he was okay. I thought he was pretty good, but, um, and he's, you know, very quick and everything, but, um, no, I didn't walk away saying, oh my God, or anything like that. Well, no, I, like walking away, um, that, oh my God, Miami's defense is like in the Al Golden years, how bad the defense was like Swiss cheese almost. No, no, I don't feel that. I think Louisville's one of the best offensive teams they'll play this year. Okay. And a couple of things. One, um, what, and they mentioned this a little on the show. What impact has Ed Reed really made to this program as the chief of staff? Have you seen that there is a big impact with Ed Reed in terms of. I, I think we're starting to see it more. He's a Miami legend. I think we're starting to see it a little bit more now that he's around a little bit more because the season's here. Um, you know, I'm sure he's just, you know, he can't really coach on game day, but I'm sure during the week he's a sounding board at times for some of those kids. Um, he's certainly a sounding board for Manny Diaz and the coaches. And um, heck, he was even working the referees the other night. So how about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, 
last thing on recruiting. Um, any movement on Garcia? Like, Don't think so. I, you know, we, we obviously we see all the social media interaction and all the chatter and things like that. But every time we talk to anybody around him, whether you know it's his coach or his dad or whatever, you know they're they're pretty straight with us and they tell us highly unlikely that he doesn't go to USC. If he, but if he does not go to USC, I think Miami and Florida State are the two that he would consider the the most. Okay, and a couple other things. One, um, there's still no movement that, like, obviously, uh, both Taylor and Smith, they're not really looking at Florida. They're really locked in with Miami at this point. As far as we know right now, yeah. Okay, and right. last thing. Uh, uh, sorry about this. Um, with In terms of um, Octavius Brown and – um, is there any chance we get back in on Charmaine? I think his name's Charmaine Meter or Meteor. Um, we, 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 we have not heard that. I think the, the chances would probably be better with Brown. Oh, okay. But, you know, there's, okay. they're, they're running out of spots. They don't have a lot of spots left, and they're going to really have to, you know, be careful how they use the last few. Uh, you know, I think, I think when you look at the success they've had in the transfer portal, I, I'm not sure I wouldn't keep a few for transfers, too. So we'll see. Okay. Well, sorry right. for the – No sweat. Right. Thanks, Gary. All right, Adam. Thanks, as always, for the call. All right, guys, 563-999-3550. 563-999-3550 is the number. Um, this edition of Kane Sport Live is brought to you in part by JFQ Lending. With interest rates below 3%, there has never been a better time to lock in a low fixed interest rate on your mortgage. You'll never need to think about refinancing again. Set it and forget it. And with JFQ Lending, you're guaranteed to get the highest level of customer service. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and over 3,000 five-star reviews. So if you want to take a look at your mortgage, see if you can get some help, get a lower payment, save yourself some money. Give Kyler Koppelman a call at JFQ Lending. Here's his number, 323-607-8802, 323-607-8802. Or you can email Kyler directly at kkoppelman at sqlending.com. That's K-K-O-P-P-E-L-M-A-N at jfqlending.com. JFQ Lending, Inc. is an equal access lender licensed in over 40 states and uh we welcome them as a sponsor to Kane Sport Live this year and they are very anxious to help Kane's fans improve their mortgage situations so you know if you think that you have an opportunity to refinance um make sure you give them a call they they'll save you some money on the fees the appraisals things like that um the, they'll be very aggressive and, and and give you a great deal just tell them that you um heard about them through Kane Sport and um and Kyler will hook you up. All right, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's see where we're at here. Let's go out to the 561. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Yo, what's up, Gary? It's uh, Scooter DuPont. Hey, what's up, Scooter? How are you doing this week? Hey, hey, man. Um, I don't I don't have a lot. Just a couple things. Um 
the first thing is like I think like the defensive ends, all they really want to do is just get sacks. Because if you could get like, uh, you know, five six sacks, you can go to the NFL. But the position is more complicated than just uh, getting like Russo. Just all he did was, you know, he just wanted all he would do is just run to the quarterback. Same thing with Phillips. They just they just haul ass to the quarterback, which is great, you know. But I mean, you know, if you look at the run game. So you got to see, like, we saw Roche, like, how he's not really sealing off edges and stuff. Um, there's more to that position than just sacks. Wouldn't you agree with that? Or Yeah, I do. So you, so you, your thinking is that, that their, their overall play is suffering a little bit because they're, they're quarterback hunting a little too much? That's all they want because they want to get in the league. And a lot of times what they'll do is they'll just – all they want to do is just run to the quarterback. That's it. So, you know, when you're playing that position, you also have to stop the run. You also have to contain. You have to stay in. You know, if you're running crazy routes to the quarterback, it's not always good. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so I mean, I when I've looked at the grades, uh, you know, I would say that what you're saying maybe applies a little bit more to Roche than Phillips. I mean, Phillips has been pretty balanced um, just based on – you know, the way the football guys are grading them out, uh, you know, they, they sit there and they, they watch every play over and over again, and they, they, they really get into grading each guy. Um, but, you know, so based on what I've seen in that regard, I, I, I think what you're saying might apply more to Roche than the Phillips. But, I, you know, I think it's a point well taken. They are. Well, they, tackles, they, you know, they're both tackles? guys that are trying to impress the NFL scouts. And, they're, there's, yeah, there's no better way to do that than get to the quarterback. How many tackles did Phillips have that last game? Oh, he didn't have tackles, did he? let me see I don't here. Know. Uh, I mean, I, it doesn't seem like they're stopping. The I run. think he only had two. Yeah, but he but mm-hmm. he looks good running like hell to the quarterback, right? I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that getting to the quarterback is good, but I mean, did, did they run well effectively on us? Yeah, they ran real well on us, right? I mean, like. Mm-hmm. That why why is everybody kissing the ass of Phillips if they're running all over us like that? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it, all people all people do is they look at and they see if they're if they're chasing the quarterback or if they're getting sacked. That's all they do. They don't look at if, if they're stopping the run. Same, they do the same thing with Russo. Russo, we weren't that great against the run. It wasn't like he was he was stopping the run. He didn't care about the run. All you have to do is just get sacks. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know. But I don't know. I'll get off that. You, you might be being a little tough, you know, maybe a little. But, but you know, your points well taken. I mean, I could. No, okay. Um, the only position I think that matters in in football is the quarterback. I mean, the quarterback position means so much to a team, and you could see it like with King coming in. I mean, it's so important to have a good quarterback. You can't even win if you don't have a quarterback. But the quarterback position is like. It's not even on the same level as any other position. It's just you just need a good quarterback, or you can't do shit. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, or, they, no they argument. I mean, look at look at the difference the era Kings making. I mean, it's a whole different team. I mean, do you think they're doing a good job recruiting? I mean, I know no. they're doing the, but like, okay, so like, they ha- no, they they haven't been. No, they're... I mean, Tyler Van Dyke, you know, could end up being a decent player. We'll see. But no, they they really haven't going you know going back I don't several think years now. This year. 
They they would love Why to, but Lashley Lashley got here too late. He hasn't really been in on anybody, and you know, so they're having. I think they're going to have to look in the transfer portal again for a quarterback to come in and compete with Van Dyke, and we'll see if Nicosi stays. But um, you know, one, I guess one year at a time, I'm, one season at a time. But I no, mean, the quarterback all, recruiting hasn't been good enough. I mean, it hasn't been good enough for years. Yeah, I mean, it really highlights like. I'm all for the transfer portal, but you also got to like get some players. They don't. They haven't really got any players out of recruiting. You know, it's just kind of like um, they need to recruit better. Um, the other thing I was gonna gonna point out was Florida State. Like, not only are they just a dumpster fire, and the coach has COVID. I don't know what's going on over there, but they don't even. They're not even sniffing around here for recruits. Like, they're not, not even that coming. Much. No. Probably one of the best things that happened with the Norville thing is like. I don't think they're going to come down. I don't think he's going to come down here anymore. We used to have to deal with them coming down and like stealing recruits from us. I mean, Florida's still doing it, and Alabama and you know Clemson, but Florida State doesn't look like they're they're coming down here trying to get people. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know. My my overall thoughts is like um, we don't know shit. You know, like we beat Louisville last year. It's the same thing, you know, and then. I don't even know. I I think when he gets into the season, then we'll we'll kind of know what's going on. I think Amari Carter needs. I mean, I don't. Need, why doesn't he just tackle normal? You know, like why does he got to have? Why do, why do we have to have a targeting thing on him? Every you know, it's funny. We were talking about that on the message board this week, and <laughs> you know, guys are like kind of ornery sometimes. And I said, I I made that point. Like, I think he's over, I think he's over killing it. Like, yeah, he's a big physical kid. He loves to hit. And obviously there's a place for that in football, but I think it's like almost like starting to get in the way of his game because I mean, every single game he's, he's, he's getting reviewed for targeting, like literally almost every single game he plays, nobody else is getting reviewed for targeting ever. Now, you know, yeah, you know, he's the baddest dude of the defense, no argument, but you know, it's all you know. It's all fine and good until one of those 15-yard penalties comes in a close game and ends up costing the costing the team a game. So I think he's got to be a little bit more, you know, just a just little bit normal. more selective. Yeah, just tackle sometimes. Yeah, so wrap up. You know, grab yeah, everything doesn't have doing. to be a kill shot. Yeah. Um, and okay, last thing. Um, Ah, shit, I forgot what I was going to say. It was like the main thing I was going to say. No, I mean, everybody's down on the receivers. And, okay, you know, I get it. But the, basically, the tight, the tight ends are basically like – we use them like receivers. Everybody wants to act like it's a separate thing. I mean, they're like lined up out. They're, they're, they're receivers. I get it. I get that they have tight end functions too. But we have like two amazing receivers, like the best receivers in the country. Reverend I mean, it's top ends. Will yeah, Mallory, receivers, absolutely. Bro. Yeah, they're both studs. They're yeah, yeah, Jordan Jordan got seven balls last week. I want to I want to see Mallory start getting the ball more. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that the reason why they're getting open, you see why they get open, is they're pretending like they're blocking people, and they're like, and then they they pretend like they block, and then they run out like a receiver. That's the only thing they're. Yeah, it's very, the, that one play to, to to Mallory was very very well designed. All right, Scooter, let me let somebody else get on. Great talking to you. Give us a call next week. All right, dude. Leave me on hold. All right. You got it, man.
All right, 563-999-3550. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go to the 727. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. It's Jake from St. Pete. What's up, Jake? How you doing this week? Doing good, doing good. I missed you last week. I uh, wound up in Mobile, Alabama for work with the hurricane. So uh <laughs> listen to you on the drive up. Uh, it was a good, good show, though. Thank you, um, man. Yep. The uh, what was I going to say? So this week, um, I'm going to take a contrarian uh, point of view and say that that game last week was called masterfully and executed to almost perfection. The you know all these guys going nuts about the the uh, yards and everything. It, it was garbage time. We never for a second lost control of that game. And, uh, you know, I, I mean, I would even argue it, you, the, the one thing that I'm loving this season is I, last year, I, I mean, every single game, even the ones we were blowing teams out, I, I, you'd be sick to your stomach just wondering how are we going to mess this up. I, I don't have that feeling this year. I don't know if it's just me. Maybe I'm just optimistic, but no, it's 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 just it's a much more solid team. I mean, you know, you don't have to worry about De'Ara King doing stupid stuff. As long as he stays healthy, everything's fine. Like, you know, he, he's a leader. Yeah, put three he, points on the board now too. Yeah. <laughs> last year, how many how many games? I mean, you know. It, I know last year, you know, we'd always talk, oh, well, you can't blame everything on the kicker. But, I mean, the reality is if Borgallis was on the team last year, we would have won nine games. Uh, yeah, and, and, so and if you games. have him and King, you might have won ten. Yeah. So, you know, uh, but but to me, I just, you know, the, the whole second half, you look at the proofs in the pudding. The first half, we held them to six points. Did they put some drives together? Sure. But they clamped down. Um, you know, I, I've always told you I'm a, I'm a Bears fan from Chicago and whatnot. But, you know, this reminds me of 2005 when the Bears had – I mean, I'm not going to say Miami's got one of the best defenses or anything. But th- that Bears team was one of the, like, lowest scoring teams ever, points allowed against. They gave up a lot of yards, though, that season. I think they were, like, number 10 in the league, uh, you know, against uh, yards allowed but they were number one by a long shot and points against. In Miami, in this last game, Louisville can score points in bunches with that speed. All they did was say, you're not getting behind us. March the field, kick a field goal, do whatever. We're in command. We're not giving it up. And, you know, it was just garbage time points. And so, I, you know, to me, I don't know. I, I think that game plan last week was exceptional. The offense – yeah, I know. Look, everyone keeps saying, too, oh, well, if we didn't have those three huge chunk plays, would we have not murdered last season to have a game with three chunk plays like that, scoring touchdowns? You think that's by accident? You know, I think it was com- I think it was a combination. I think it was it was well schemed up stuff, and I think that Louisville's defense is very unsound yeah, at times. No, their sure. co- it's, their co- it's their coordinator. I think he's terrible. I think he's one of the worst in the country. And for some reason, they brought him back this year. You know, that's their problem. But, yeah, like, crazy. Y- you know, you don't see – you might you might see a bust. You might see a bust once in a game. 
But you know, how many games can you remember ever watching in your entire life watching football that you've seen three busts of that degree in one game? I can't remember the last time yeah, I've seen Leslie that. Leslie had his number, that's for sure. I mean, he uh, <laughs> he took it to him. But and, and I don't. Here's the other thing too is like you know I know everyone, oh we only beat him by uh, you know however many points was it 17 or something or but. Like I, I think Lashley just kind of closed up the playbook in the second half, uh, especially after we scored those two touchdowns. I think he said, "You know what? I'm keeping the rest in the pocket until I need it. I'm not. Uh, I'm not dialing it up when we got a three touchdown lead with Clemson coming up, FSU coming up, Pittsburgh. But why am I going to put it all out there when we're just kicking the shit out of this team?" Um, that to me, and, and and I think I know you know everyone's been talking Will Will Mallory tonight, and I I just the, just a hunch. I think he's got some sort of Mallory package that he's sitting on. Oh, there's no but, question. No, there's no question. Yeah, I think he's waiting for Clemson, and and, and I think that's when they are going to unleash Will Mallory. I, I have no proof of this. I'm not a college football coach, I don't, but I just have this feeling that, I mean, you just see that talent boiling under the surface there with, with Mallory, and I, I think they're waiting to just dump that on Clemson. Well, he's in, he's in his junior year now. So, I mean, let's not waste his whole career. You know, I mean, it's time no, to start using reason, Will Mallory. I don't know. You can, you can put me in the books. I think Will Mallory's going to have a hundred yards and at least a touchdown against Clemson. Probably. Yeah, I don't do. know. I don't know where or when, but I got to believe though they're going to start using him more at some point. And Lashley and, believes uh, in and, tight and, ends. I mean, there's no issues there. He loves to use the tight ends. I'm end, going so. on the record too. I, I think this week is Mark Pope's coming out party. I uh, yeah. I, I think that he just seems. You know what I love, like this season again, like that that we didn't see last season. I know there's still some guys. John Ford was just average again, and I, I did like what they uh, what was that guy from DC saying about it. But I, I didn't see regression in this game. Um, you know, I, I guess maybe Bradley Jennings to a touch, um, but for the most part, I thought guys looked better. It looked a little and the, the boneheaded penalties. Uh, I, I think the play of the team looked a little more crisp. But um, well, I, I John Ford and Bla- Bradley Jennings did not have good games, and neither did Jordan no. Miller. Those guys, and and you know, I, I like I said, I thought Deuce made a good point. You know, you did those two big defensive tackles, Ford and Miller. Um, that was not their kind of assignment, you know, where they're going to be able to do no, very well. No, they, no, the, no, those guys are lateral movers. Uh, yeah, no, they, not they're not. No, um, nope. I. I Hunt, uh, you know, he played, what, 12 snaps in the first game, and then he got about 25. I, I think the action. He had, gonna, he, he had 35. He had 35 the other night. And, and you know, yeah, yeah th- th- that was maybe much more his kind of game. I have a feeling that John Ford's days are numbered, and Hunt is uh, on the hunt, if you will. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. If Ford doesn't start playing better, that's you're, you're definitely going to see that happen. All right, Jake. Thanks for being part of the show. Give us a call next week. Will do. Good talking to you. Appreciate it. Yep. All right, 563-999-3550. You hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We're going now to the 954. You're, 
You're live on live King on Sport King Live. Nine five four, you with us? Going once, going twice, all right. Uh, let's go to the three eight six. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how we doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. Who's this? All right, it's Will again. Hey, I, I got a couple of things real quick. Last week you shared on your show that the Louisville game will tell us a lot about Miami. So you know, briefly, you know, what did it tell you about Miami? I mean, it told me that the offense certainly couldn't get it done, you know, in a, in a, in a more significant game than, than week one. I, I, you know, I thought the Eric King was solid as heck again. Obviously very impressed with, with the running backs, especially Cam Harris. Cam Harris has really raised the level of his game. I mean, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, it was good to see Brevin Jordan get involved in the offense. Um, now I'm looking for more Will Mallory. Uh, defensively, even though it, it worked out fairly well because they were able to keep Louisville out of the end zone in the first half um, on, on those couple drives where, where they didn't convert, um, I didn't really like what I saw very much on the defensive side, I, you know, I, I, especially against the running game. I, did, I didn't think that, that we did very well in that regard at all. I didn't think that, I thought the defensive tackles were terrible. I thought the, the, you know, other than Zach McLeod, the linebackers were very average as can be. I didn't think Bradley Jennings played very well. Um, so I, I walked out of, you know, out of that game with some concerns defensively for sure. But yeah, it was a workmanlike victory. Well, how about you? Uh, that, that's, that's pretty much my thought. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you, Peyton and Hodges, are they available this week? We have not gotten a definitive uh, word on that yet. Um, other than that, um, Manny said that, that one of the two had a shot. So I think we'll, we'll know more tomorrow. Okay. You know, they got to go through the, the testing. Thing that, here's the thing that's eating me about Miami. And and I don't I, I like you to comment on this. I, I don't know if it's just me or everyone else. The problem I have with Miami is in their secondary. Not just cornerbacks, but their safeties also. It seems like when we come up to the ball carrier to make a tackle, instead of running through the guy, wrapping him up, getting him on the ground, it seems like every one of our DBs come up and lunge their shoulder at the ball carrier. Do you see that? I have not like really taken note of that, but I'll tr- I'll try to watch closer. Um, you know, uh, Man- Manny teaches a-, a rugby style of tackling, so maybe it's looking a little bit like that to you sometimes. Um, I don't, you know, I don't really know, but um, I have not. You know, a-, a-, a tackling issue has not stood out to me. Okay. Okay, you mentioned earlier that you uh, felt like, you know, that we will beat Florida State handily. Yeah. How many points is handily? I mean, I'm expecting at least two, three touchdown victories, very similar to maybe the Louisville game. I mean, I think, you know, I think they'll move the ball at times on us and maybe maybe get some points, but I just I just don't see them being able to keep pace. 
Well, here's my thought on it. I, I think that the Florida State team that we saw against Georgia Tech, we're not going to see that team Saturday night, you know, in prime time. A, a lot of these players know each other, grew up together. Everyone is going to bring their A game. Some of the predictions I've heard tonight, I, I think the game is going to be closer than that. I'm, I'm going with 34-20. Uh, one thing, I, one point I want to uh, make about my close. <laughs> 34-20 is not close. That's two touchdowns. Well, what I mean by that is I think, you know, at, at, you know it may end up be 34-13, um, you know, the last couple of minutes of the game, Florida State will score a touchdown. But, you know, sometimes, you know, the, the, sometimes, you know uh, the, out, the score, that, the, score, the final score of a game, you know, don't always indicate the way it was played. I know you've heard the term, you know, the game was closer than the score indicated, right? Of course, yeah. Okay. But it, but a two-touchdown well, victory, especially in a series like this, is not close. Um, I think anybody would take a two-touchdown victory. I think, it, you know, my personal opinion is that it could even, you know, get a little bigger than that. I just – I don't think they have a lot of talent right now at Florida State. I, I think they're – you know, and, and you know, Nor, the, the, the Norval hire is interesting. He's a very good football coach. But if you don't have talent – you know, being a good football coach is only going to get you so far. And I, you know, I think they could have a long road ahead at Florida state because I don't know how he's going to come in here and make an impact recruiting wise in, in, you know, when you, you know, he's got to go head to head with Florida and everybody else in the upper part of the state. And you see what we're doing down here in, 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 in the state of Miami and Dayton Broward. So like, you know, I don't know, man, it'll be interesting. Well, well, let me ask you this. Can you be more specific? Because I, I, I really wasn't understanding. You say Manny teach a more rugby-style tackling? Yeah, they, it's, a, it's, a, it's a rugby tech. It's like a rugby tackling technique. You know, you know they, they try to not lead with the head. You know, they, they, they try to use their, their shoulders. And, you know, it's, it's, it's like mm-hmm. almost like a, a rugby style. That explains so, so that might be what Yeah, that might be what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, one one thing I want to, you know, I've been hearing a lot of talk about our defense tonight. And he, here's my opinion of our defense. Defensively, we're just not a tough, physically imposing defense. You agree or disagree? I would agree with that. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, we don't we don't have a true middle linebacker, and we don't have you know great defensive tackles. So how you're not going to be if without if you're not rough and tough up the middle. You know, you're you're probably not going to be that kind of defense. I mean, Amari Carter obviously is that kind of player, but he's part of a three-man safety I'm, rotation. I'm I'm glad you brought I'm glad you brought that up, Amari Carter. If you're out there and you're listening, please, please, you don't have to go for the kill on every play. Just wrap the guy up and get him on the ground, please. But, yeah, I feel the uh, same. I feel the same way. I got I got kind of assaulted on the message boards though for saying that. <laughs> but you know, yeah. people love. I mean, people that watch football, they love the kill shot. They love the big hit. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, dude, you're like getting reviewed for targeting every single game now. You know, he hasn't been guilty the last two times, but it's like literally every game he's getting 15 yard penalties and getting reviewed for targeting. And you know, not to mention the fact that you know, I mean, these still are kids and. You know, I personally would hate to see somebody like get seriously hurt 
unnecessary, you know, you know, just, you know, when you, when, you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously football is a physical game and, and defensive backs and safeties are taught to make the big hit. So it kind of goes against that, but I just think it's a little too much. I'm, I'm with you and our previous caller and, you know, I think he's got to just get himself a little bit more under control and it's okay to make a hard tackle, you know? Okay. Two final points. Uh, the 2021 uh, recruit coming in, Malik Curtis, is he coming in as a, a receiver or a DB? I'm not sure that they've decided that yet. You know, he, he it could either it could go either way. Oh, I mean, man. when I look at him, I personally think he'll end up at receiver, but I don't know that they've made a final decision. If they if they have, we haven't heard of it. Oh, okay. And the next time you interview Manny, give him a message for me. He can go ahead and start putting together, and I'd like you to comment on this. He can go ahead and start putting together a list of candidates for offensive coordinators next year because Lashley is going to be one and done. You think so? Where yeah, do you think I, he's going? I, I, you, I mean, you, you, what you think he's going to go to like an SEC school for bigger money, or you think he's going to become a head coach? One of the two. One of the two. I think you. I don't think you. If he becomes a head coach, it probably won't be a school that's a, in a Power Five conference. Maybe somewhere like Memphis, UAB, somewhere like that, and mm-hmm. and build toward a power. But I, I just feel like <laughs> I just feel like he's gonna be one and done. Well, I hope he's not one and done. I, you know, I hope he didn't just come oh, here yeah. for a cup of coffee. I I understand that he came here to put himself back on the map, and there's no doubt about that. But hopefully, it's not for just one year. We'll see. All right, man. Thank you so much for being part of the show. Give us a call next week. I appreciate it. All right, man. Take care. 563-999-3550. Man, I got to take a second here and grimace. Just that, that thought of just one year of, uh, of Rhett Lashley, man, that, that, uh, that wouldn't be so great, no doubt about that. So uh, hopefully the, uh, the the caller's not correct. Let's go to the 973. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, Gary, Gary. What's going on, Ross? How you doing this week? What's going on, Gary? Can we tell Alfred, you Did you put that call on, on hold? Like, you, know, kept, you kept him on the line? No, no, he's not still on the line. Oh, he's gone? Yeah, he's gone. Oh, man, because I wanted him to say, he's telling you to tell Manny to start looking for a new Start looking for a new OC. He's two games into this one. (laughs) Listen, can you tell him, while while you're telling Manny this, can you also tell Manny, if that's the case, you know, just get a list of guys who should replace him. Meaning, like, while you're telling him something, you might as well put a list up for him also that would, you know, because here's the thing, man. If we lose him after a year, I think he came and did us a world of good anyway because what he did was kind of show you if you could put certain things together and get certain guys to commit to that, meaning that the recruiting class that we just had, they're excited. We got some of those guys, so they feel they're coming into an offense that um, that they, they, they love, and I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he wants to prove to the guys that he recruited, at least do it for two years, that if you come, this is what we're going to run, and this is what you're going to be successful. Because I don't think he's going to show everything this year that he could do. Because we just don't have this type of the guys. We don't have everyone that we need. And 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 um, 
you know, offense is offense is always limitless, Ross. I mean, you can always add wrinkles and different things. I mean, you know, I'm I'm going to put a an asterisk next to what you're saying. I I think having De'Ara King to run this thing is really significant. And and I, I think if I think if Dan Enos had De'Ara King last year, that Dan Enos would still be here. Can I say this? One, I'm glad he was terrible because it got us a chance to get some of these recruits that were never committed to us anyway. Two. I, and I, hopefully he doesn't have a family member that's listening. Wait, what, what recruit do you think you've gotten? You know, no, I, I think you're overstating that. I don't think it's a recruiting Gary, issue. Gary, I, so listen, I, 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 th- I think that, that Lashley's great. I love his offense and everything. But I think that if the Dan, if Dan Enos had the Eric King running his offense last year, that it would have been way more effective, and I think he'd still be here. Absolutely not, because I think you didn't need uh, a – I didn't really want to call and talk about this, but give me a little bit of time. We don't need a king to, when you're at the two-yard line, to run a delay handoff reverse, Gary. You don't, you don't need that. The man was lost. He had his head somewhere. No one knew he had his head, and he was But I think, but I think he was lost because the, of the personnel that he was dealing with. That's that's just again, my opinion. You don't need your quarterback to be Derrick King not to run a delay handoff reverse at the two. I understand, line. But, but but Ross, you know the guy. The guy probably called nine hundred plays over the course of the season. I mean, you're talking about one well, maybe glad, maybe questionable call. But but listen, I I agree. He struggled. I'm just saying when we were sitting here about a year ago. We we thought that Dan Enos was going to be all that, and anybody that says they didn't is lying because he came from Alabama. He was bringing the Alabama offense. He you know he he was considered a decent offensive coach, and that was considered a home run hire for Manny Diaz when he hired Dan Enos. And I know it didn't go well, and he had a horrible. The quarterback room was a joke. And but you, you know can't run any offense you know without a quarterback, well? Ross. You know why it didn't go well? You know why it didn't go well? I, heard I, do, I do know why. He didn't have a you leader know. and he didn't have a quarterback. And he didn't try to run some of the stuff that he promised. We wanted to see at least the, the quarterback try it. He didn't even do that. Because remember, you had another you had Perry in. And Perry's a little capable of doing some of those things, and that's not what he ran, guys. I think you're giving him way too much credit, but I'll take it. No problem. I don't want to stay too long on him. I'm glad he messed up so we could get what we got now. Thank you. And I think we do have wide receivers and slot guys and over-the-top guys and burners that is coming in, and that's because of Laxley. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to give you that one. But let's move on. Um, the Kid Malik, right, from Bishop Boyd. Um, if anything, we don't know what he's going to be yet, but for one thing I know I want him to be, I want him to be one of our kick returners and punt returners. Yeah, that you would know. make sense. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, another thing, um, you guys were mentioning that uh, you, you know, we want up- updates on um, Peyton and Hodges. Honestly, I hope Manny gives no updates on that until the last minute that he has to. We don't. Want it to don't matter. Not one of those guys is impacting Florida State's game but plan. But you don't know that. The, but you don't know that one of them might have to play. Uh, you don't know that. Yeah, but they're not impacting the game plan. So what does it make? We don't have that information anyway. You know how Manny plays. He doesn't have to give that information. He won't. No, he usually puts out the the report on Thursday. And and the, when it comes to when it comes to guys missing the game, he'll put that out an hour before the game. But you know these guys were out last week, so. 
you know, he might say something as soon as tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see. Hey, questions for you. Um, I've made, I've had some questions for you that um, you kind of didn't ever give me answers for because you kind of like, okay, Ross, that's kind of a tricky question. I'll see what I could do for you. And you actually never came back and let me know in these other what shows. But that's fine. Here's another. Here's an. I can't remember right now. Here's another thing for you, Gary. Do you have any idea? It may sound like a stupid question, but do you have any idea if they're going to allow him to coach from home, or when it's time for him to? Because they're allowing him to do remotely now. I don't practice, think he's he allowed to do that. Uh, no, I I think there's a specific rule that if a coach you know has to be away that he can't coach from home because that would essentially give them an extra coach. But it sounded to me like, from what I was hearing yesterday, that they're trying to find a way for him to be in the stadium, but isolated. And I don't know, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull that off or not. Um, I don't know where that would be. I don't know where, I don't know if he would, you know, go sit in some end zone by himself and be on a headset or something. Like, I don't know what they're trying to work out up there and see if they can, you know, this is all new territory for everybody, but it did, but it did, but it did sound to me, Ross, like reading between the lines of what he was saying that he is exploring what is allowed. Okay. Well, here's a stupid one for me again. If they allow him in the building to be up top somewhere isolated, that means you're giving him a bird's eye view of figuring stuff out. And that's, well, uh, that's just, there's that's nothing just, saying a head coach has to be on the sideline. I mean, nobody's ever put in a rule like that. Like, if a head coach wanted thing. to sit – wait a minute, Ross, let me finish. If a head coach wanted to sit in the press box, he he could within the within the rules. But I don't think it would be indoors, Ross. I don't see how you could take a guy with coronavirus and, put him, indoor, and put him indoors at the stadium. I don't see that. So if he's looking into something, then – to me, it's probably he's looking into can he isolate himself somewhere in the stadium, even if it's the upper deck or something where there's nobody sitting. Like you I know, I, you know think that should be yeah. Well, it is if you, if you count them as one of the coaches. You know, you're allowed well, ten Gary, coaches. Here's the thing. Well, Gary, here's the thing, and you're going to say, well, this is different. Well, if they're testing and they're doing temperature tests when guys are coming in, and they have a a, a person with a 99 and maybe a 101. Um, show up. They would not let that person in. So we already know a guy has corona and we're letting him in any part of the stadium. That's wrong. And if I'm Miami, I'll be against it because you're letting him in my stadium with the possibility if anything happens. So no, I would say no. Yeah, and, really and, and that about. might be the answer. That might be the ultimate answer. It just sounded to me yeah. like they were, they were exploring if there's any option. Because if you, if you turn it around and we're going to dope, dirty stadium over there in Tallahassee, and we asked for one of our coaches who had coronavirus to be in the building any place and say no. So I hope many of them put their foot down, the AD put his foot down and say no. Stay home, do what you got to do, watch the, watch the butt whipping from home. Watch this ass whipping from home. You know, and I also think there's a way they should also make sure there's no electronic thing going back and forth on, on, on that field. There's no way he should have any communication. Because if that's the case, there's some communication for us too. Yeah, I, well, I believe that, that, that there's a rule that prohibits that, so we'll see. All right, Ross, okay. what else you got? No, no, wait, wait. Hey, a couple more things. Um, I'm not kicking you off. I'm just uh, saying what else you got. I'm trying to move you along. Yeah, as, as far as the tight end, everybody, it, 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 you know, being a Miami fan, it's like we want success, and then when we get to success, we start bickering back and forth with with our with our fan base with each other about who's better, who should have this more opportunity and blizzy blah and blah blah blah. Guess what? 
We have two excellent tight ends. I don't think about any other program who goes against each other so much as this fan base. I hope they don't do the same thing with the new the two guys that's coming in and the other in the recruiting class. We have one coming from Texas and one from Miami. And what we should do is enjoy them and have them put them all over the field and, and take advantage of matchups. Let's enjoy these two guys and stop saying Mallory should get more um, opportunity than Brethren. Brethren is better. Mallory is better. Why do we, as a fan base, why do we have to start that nonsense? We're the only fan base who gets into these back and forth of who's better. They're both. No, we're not. Both should be better. We're not the only fan base that does that. That's part of being really? a sports fan, man. Yeah, that's part of being nah, a sports man, fan. Dude, you're like as opinionated as anybody about everything. Like, you should know that. It's part of being a guys, it's part of being a fan, I Ross. I don't pick guys. I don't pick positions and say, especially certain positions and say, oh, this guy's totally better and this one should have more opportunities. Ross, and they're just Ross to... you, you dissect everything. You, yes. you are as introspective of a fan as the Miami Hurricanes have. So you should be able no, to relate to that. I don't put guys against each other that's doing well, both of them. I want both well, of them. I mean, them everybody's time. got their own everybody's got their own angles and things, but like it's part of being a fan, man. You live and die with your team, you talk about it. That's why we're here every Tuesday night. To shoot the shit. Yeah, okay. You know, we're here to shoot the shit and see what everybody thinks. Have those shits and giggles, right? But here here's the thing too. <laughs> a a a Pope. Pope and I forget who it was, they need to get on the jug and get on the jug. Fast and what and what and what Pope is showing me, he didn't learn anything from the wide receiver that we got from Buffalo because he stayed on the jug and he never used he never tried to cup cup the catch. He used his hands and catch these balls. And 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 Pope, you are three years in. You should be better than that. Instead of trying to cup the ball, catch the ball. Use your hands. His numbers would be a lot better today if he just decided to use his hands. So I think they should emphasize just a whole lot of getting on that jug. Get on that jug. Great catch by Hurley, by, Hurley, by the way. Excellent catch. Big-time catch. You know, um, kept his feet in. He, he, just, he, just, he just wants to do good. He just wants – you don't really see this kid ever complains. He shows up. You know, I, he's, he's, he's got as good an attitude as any kid you'll ever see. Great attitude, That's great kid. I want them to give him a job after it's done if he doesn't make it in the NFL. I, I, I want him something, doing something with the team moving forward um, down the road because he's just that type of um, he's just type of um, guy. Hey, got a question. We're talking about these um, linemen. I actually know the kid Hunt from, um, from Christ the King. I actually know him. Um, talk, you know, talk a few on the phone. But here's the thing. Your opinion, Gary, and I just want your honest opinion now from the gut, raw. Are you are you big time a big time person on um ID line coach? Let's just let's just call it what it is, man. Is he a big time recruiter and are you big time on him? Do you think he he's he's the guy for us? Now I know you gotta be a little careful because you gotta interview him at some time. He's a great dude, yeah. He's he he's a great dude. He he's he's an older guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's, he's been, been around quite a, a bit. Been through a lot. Been through a lot. Been through yeah, a lot. been through been, okay. been been through a lot. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be hard for him to go out of town and and recruit up against like the top SEC schools and things like that. I think he's doing a good job recruiting the local kids. Um, you know, in terms of coaching, I mean, I thought Rousseau got better last year. You know, we'll see how these guys. I, I think um, Jalen Phillips is, looks pretty good so far this year. 
you know, we'll see. I mean, you know, I think we just got to see how these players keep developing. Okay, you know where I was getting at, right? As far as not just the development, as far as is he the guy that's going to get these guys excited to come play D lineman at Miami? That's what I did. I, I think he's, he's going to have a hard time recruiting out of town. And can, can I, I, I ask think... you a question? Here's the, here's the double part of that. Why, is, why do you feel that way? Um, well, it's not, it's not like, I don't know what you're suggesting. It's, it has nothing to do with his age. I mean, you know, well, I mean, maybe it's, it has nothing to do with his age. I'm not going to say it has to do with, with race or anything like that. Um, it's, it's just like, I mean, it's, it's just like, can I say it? Can I say it? You got to be able to talk the talk, you know, you got to be able to, you got to have personality and grit. Yeah. 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 Miami have an opportunity right now. They have an opportunity right now where things are kind of on the up and up. Just because remember, we originally brought this guy in to do what Reed is doing right now. So listen, he's older. We like you. You've done a you, you've done a stand up job. You, you you're keeping us afloat. Can we ask you to gracefully bow out? We get it. We get re, a real monster of a guy in, and let's pick up that part of the recruitment too. And we got lucky this year. When I mean we're lucky, we got some guys that kind of like believe in us, and they committed to us. Well, so I thought Jess that, Simpson. Jess Simpson was he was that kind of dude. I thought, and he left. Yeah, and I, and, I, and yeah, I was surprised when Manny made this move. I agree. I you know was I, I was a little surprised, but you know I've gotten to know Coach Strat a little bit, and he's a good dude, and you know he's done a decent job yeah, that, here. That's great. That's great. And he's, well, I mean, you know, he has recruited the local guys. You know, Cam Williams looks pretty good. Elijah Roberts is believed to have a good career coming up ahead. Um, you know, he, he's been able to recruit the, the, the Dade and Broward guys. Okay. And one and one last one. And I know this is going to go on deaf ears as far as, you know, Manny. And I'm not here to kill man. You know, I, I like what's going on. You can hear it in my voice. Um, I think one of the reasons why we're having trouble with linebackers also is another thing about personality. Again, he has a friend of his that's coaching that position, and it's not a very um, lucrative position because he doesn't bring some of the – now, some of the guys that he's brought in, the kid from Camden, New Jersey, and a couple other guys, I think is going to do well. But our front-line guys that we have, we're utilizing right now is just not being taught right. It's just, they, they, we just don't have the right guys out there. Well, and, that's and from when Manny was recruiting. That, that, that's, exactly. not, that, that's not Blake Baker's fault. I didn't say Baker. I said yeah. the guy that's coaching the linebackers. Who's coaching the linebackers? That's Blake Baker. Blake Baker coaches the linebackers. Everybody thinks Patkey is the linebacker coach. Patkey is not the linebacker coach. Patkey so is the coach of the – Patkey coaches now, right? the strikers, and he coordinates the special teams. And guess what? There's, when he was coaching the linebackers, they were terrible. He and doesn't now, coach. He, he, Manny was coaching the linebackers before he became okay, the head well, coach. Patkey has never and, been the linebacker coach. Okay, let me finish. And what I'm saying, and now that he's coaching special teams and he's coaching um, um, striker, I still have not seen. We we are not we are not going to sit here and give him credit for the kicker. The kicker is big time. Okay, it's easy to just catch the ball yeah. and he do his. Yeah, I agree. And, and our and our return so, teams are average as it can be. I I get what you're saying. Not, ag- not aggressive at all. Not aggressive at all. And not very. We catch the ball all the time, and we don't take chances. And, and uh, you know, I'm just going to – I've got to keep it real. And I don't want to be negative because we did an excellent job. Can I make a one more point about what we did a little bit? One more, man. You, uh, one we, more, and then that's yeah, it. What we did, what we did, we went in there. We kicked they behind. We slapped everybody, whoever – the five people that was in the stands. We slapped them around. We shook everything and break all the plates. 
and didn't clean up afterwards and left. And as far as Florida State is concerned, time for them to get this ass whipped into. I respect no one when it comes to Florida State. I respect no one when it comes to the Gators. The hell with that. Go in there, take, come home, take care of business, beat them by two touchdowns, and break, and, and break their face. Appreciate All right, Ross. We'll talk. We'll talk about it next Tuesday, man. Give us, give, yeah, you got it, man. Right. Give us a call next week. Let's go to the seven two seven. You're live on Kane Sport Live. You with us? Seven two seven. Going once. Going twice. All right. Let's go to the four one nine. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing, Garrett? Mo from the four one nine. Hey, what's up, Mo? What you got for us, man? Yeah, we talked last week. I'll tell you. I, you know, first off, I have to give Manny a lot of credit. A lot, the guy's yeah. seen a problem, and he identified it, and he came up with a solution. I mean, mm-hmm. we came up with some possible solutions. We had an issue in the quarterback room. He brought the guy so he could play the position and also bring some leadership to the program for the offense. Uh, he didn't like. I've never seen. I've success. never seen a coach have an off season like this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I just ridiculous. Like down and out, laughing stock of college football. You've lost to FIU. Duke and Louisiana Tech to end the season. First year as a head coach, and nobody in the world other than maybe you know Blake James thinks that you can possibly do anything in this job. And I was as worried about it as anybody. I have no problem admitting that. And he goes and, and like attacks like every single problem he had, like he owns college football. I mean, he goes and gets himself a, a, a quarterback that's totally transformed the program, an offensive coordinator that, that brings an exciting style of football that everybody believes in. He remakes the rest of the offensive staff. He, go, he, you know, he's got, he goes and gets a, a, a solid defensive end from Temple, the kicker, mm-hmm. solve all the kicking problems. I mean, you could go on and on and on. I mean, it, it, it's really unbelievable. I, I don't think I've ever seen a coach have an offseason like this. Totally exactly. transformed everything. Exactly. Then he gets the right tackle. The guy's played phenomenal. I mean, so far, yeah, the right tackle is another great. one. And yeah, you know, don't get me great. wrong. This team still has plenty of holes and issues. I mean, if you don't have these guys that we just talked about, if you don't have the right tackle, the kicker, the quarterback, I mean, th- this is a, a five-six win team. I mean, well, exactly. You, you, there's no doubt about it. Like these now, it, it, it's going to probably be a nine-win team, or, or t- even a. It could even be a ten-win team if things go the right way. Easily, easily. I mean, if if they keep playing as the way they're playing, this team might be favored in every game other than Clemson. There's a good yeah. chance of that, considering they get Carolina at home. And you have to give the guy credit. I mean, I live in Ohio. I get laughed at all the time for being a Canes fan up here, and I mean straight. I just out and out laughed at. And the guy made the adjustments. I have to give him full credit, and I was impressed. And I just have to say hats off to the guy. So far, I mean, hats off. And looking at the Louisville game, it was kind of what I thought it was. Um, I didn't think anything of Louisville's defense. And I think I said that last week when I called. I, I, didn't, I just wasn't sold on that defense. Um, they have a lot of offensive talent. Um, I thought our offense was, was about, you know, I, I thought we were very vanilla the first game. I knew we'd open up, and, and it looked really good. And um, I can't say enough about that new coordinator, the way he draws up plays, the way he mixes in plays, the way he uses the ability of his athletes. It's a night and day difference. And I do the way he co- the way he coaches during the game, you know, yeah, everything. Night and day. I mean, I, I do agree with you. I think had had um, 
had King been here, Enos would probably still have a job. I don't think he was a, would be as effective in Enos's offense as he is right now in this offense. Well, but maybe Enos has maybe Enos you know draws up different plays. You know, I mean, you got to remember Enos well, had he, Jalen Hurts at Alabama. He did, you know, but he also didn't call plays at Alabama, and there's probably a reason for that. <laughs> you know, I mean, well, I mean, they had the guy that's the head coach plays. of Maryland now as the OC. Correct. Know? Correct. He wasn't. I don't think they were going to let him call plays when he was there anyway. I don't think so. Well, I don't need. No, I don't either. No, I don't either. Yeah, and that's a big reason why the guy left. They didn't trust that guy calling plays in his offense. I don't believe he did. No, and, I, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, you know, this last week he's, he's done an excellent job. I think is King is the pro. He's a perfect quarterback, perfect fit for the offense he runs. And, um, you know, obviously, I mean, you can't say enough about the running backs. They've looked, they've looked outstanding so far. I mean, Cam Harris looks like a man out there. I mean, he really looks, looks impressive. Um, That's phenomenal. I like to kill Pope. See, I thought Pope last game, if he catches the ball, the one ball that hit him right square in the hands, he has a big game. I mean, the kid had 60-some yards. He drew a pass interference, which got him another 15. I think Pope, when he gets the ball, he gets a field. I, I don't know whether it's just something little, we need to just get it going. Maybe just I think it's confidence. I, I, I think yeah. he's got some confidence issues. You know. A couple big games, he hit the stride. Next thing you know, the guy's coming out. I yeah. don't think he doesn't look well, – he doesn't look like a scrub to me out there. He, he catches the ball. He does nice things. He gets up the field. I don't think he's as terrible as everyone. I think the yeah, he's not. You know, he's not a Mon Richards. You know, he's not a Mon Richards. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's, he's just he's, – right now he's just the guy. He's just the guy. I don't expect him ever I, – like I said to the caller earlier tonight, I think everybody's just got to mm-hmm. forget that he was a five-star at this point. Exactly. Be- because when you put that label on him, it, it comes with expectations. And I think it's fair to say at this point that those expectations are not fair for that kid. I think you'd be a productive football player. Though. I, I don't think he's as bad as other kids do. I, I think the kids, he's fine. And the tight ends are outstanding. Obviously, they have something to work with with those tight ends. They're a mismatch for people. I mean, those two tight ends are – I mean, Mallory sooner or later is going to hit his own. And he's – they're a problem out there. I mean, Brevin Jordan is an absolute nightmare for defensive coordinators. And I thought, I don't know what, defensively, there were some mistakes here. And, you know, obviously, um, I don't like to call people out. The linebacker play could have been a little bit. Obviously, McLeod played amazing. And, and I hate to call the other guy out, but I, I thought McLeod played really well. Um, it was good to see him come out and have a, take a good game, too, as opposed you know, to what happened in game one. Um, I, think, I don't know if the defense just got lazy. I mean, they were in control of that game the entire way, start to finish. I never once sat in my seat and thought that Louisville had a chance to win that game. Yeah, and I don't know whether he's got lazy in the first half. I mean, they played excellent red zone offense. I mean, defense, I'm sorry. Excellent red zone defense. You know, the team got down there. They shut them down, held them to six. Second half, I, I don't know if it's just complacent or something like that. I mean, they have to clean that up. To me, the biggest issues were they had dumb penalties. They had a lot of penalties. They had definitely have to clean that sort of thing up going forward. Um, and I'll tell you, and I did. I completely. I heard you guys talking about Carter. I completely. I hate to say it, Gary, but I completely disagree with you on that. I know. There's I know. No a lot of people disagree. Carter, Everybody wants the safeties killing people. I know. I, I trust me. I get it. I've been like that my whole life. But I'm just I watching this kid get 15 yard penalties game. every game and getting reviewed for targeting, which stops the game for five minutes and everything. You know, I just, you know, I, I think he's just got to adjust a little bit. I understand, and don't get me wrong. I take you. I'm taking your opinion. I just don't. My my thing is the difference. In my opinion, is when you watch the replay of that hit, he did everything how you're supposed to do it. His head was, eyes were up. 
shoulder weight. He led with his shoulder completely with his shoulder, and he put it in that guy's shoulder. How can I tell that kid? Hey, listen, do that any different? Well, they didn't. They yeah. That was, I mean, they didn't. They took the targeting off. Yeah. But you know they're trying to they're trying to keep kids from be getting hurt, okay? They're they're trying to cut down on concussions. They they're trying to cut down on spinal cord injuries. They're trying to make the game safer, okay? And a kid that's taking de- decapitating people like that is going to keep putting a, a bullseye on his back, you know? I mean, he, so, but I was, it was textbook. I mean, if you look at the tape, it was textbook. I understand. You're, you're a football yeah, purist, yeah. I mean, we you know we grew yeah. up thinking that the free safety is, you know, plays like Jack Tatum, you know, you, you, yeah, you, you know, they, that guy back there is supposed to kill people. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, it's textbook. I mean, if I'm a coach, that's exactly how I would draw that up. Listen, eyes are up, shoulder in, he hit him in the shoulder, didn't go to his head, didn't go to his neck, went straight to the shoulder. I mean, I, I don't know how she told him to pull off that. I mean, mm. I mean, that's, you know, this is a disagreement. Not a, I like what Carter's doing. It's I not like a matter of disagreement. Team. It's just I understand what they're trying to do with the game. Yeah. Like, they're trying to make the game safer. But, and I understand that. But at the same point, you have to give these receivers something. We can't let these receivers come across the middle and catch every – you know what I mean? You have to let them think. Yeah. Listen, it, 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 it's great the until a kid ends up at the Miami Project to cure paralysis. You know, it, yeah, it, nobody it, ever likes to see that. But unfortunately, yeah, exactly. that that, that so. happens. I mean, it, it it doesn't happen often, but unfortunately, that's a risk the game we take. We all played, we all played yeah. pop one high school ball, and we took that risk. And pray to God, thank God, it didn't happen to any of us. Yeah. And I mean, I've never seen it happen in person. I mean, so I don't know the problem, but I do. I like them. Let's talk Florida. Let's take a Florida State game this week. I uh, they're I, they have athletes in spots. I don't like to say they don't have a talent because they do have talented kids. But there's so many holes on that team. Lots the offensive of line is really bad. Their offensive line. I thought ours was bad last year. And this line might uh, be as bad, if not worse. It's horrendous. And just the fact that they took – yeah, they, yeah, they're just not – they're not very good. And they don't – and I hate – and I hate to skip forward. But the thing is, it's kind of funny. I drive my girlfriend nuts. I keep telling her we're going to knock off Clemson because Clemson beats her team every year. They, they knock Ohio State around every time they play them. And so I'm always giving her a brief about it. And I keep telling her that we're gonna knock. Which obviously I'm, I'm gonna enjoy watch. I'm gonna enjoy watching that game. We'll talk about that down the road. We have time, but I'm gonna enjoy watching it because yeah. I, I just want to see how how great of a disparity there is. is it, that's what you want to know. I said the same thing. It's a measuring stick. We find out if we belong. Yeah, or it's not. a measuring stick. Right you, you you find out where you really are. Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah, and you're I, coming I, I, with a good. with a decent hand with a quarterback that can do some things. So we'll see. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. But those are the points I made, and I, I think we but both I think they just, I think they destroy us at the line of scrimmage. But we'll we'll worry about that when the time comes. Oh, well, there are problems. You got anything? Yeah, you got anything else for this week? Ah, uh, no more for this week, Gary. Just keep me on hold. All right, man. Give us give us a call Thank next week. Thank you very much. You got it. Let's go to the seven seven zero. You're live on King. You're live on King. Hey, Gary. What's happening? Wait a minute. You got two. You got two. You got an echo going on this one. Going. You got oh, two oh, lines oh, going, oh, going, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn, damn, damn. How'd you do that? How'd you do that? I don't know. I don't I did that. Did that. Here, let me turn. Here, I'm going I'm I'm to get, 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 get rid of one of them right now. Jesus, that was crazy. All right, let's try again. Now you got Hello? one line. Are you, are you there? Yes, I'm here. You hear me? All right, that's good. Yeah, we got rid of the second one. All right, go ahead. What's up? Who's this? Who's this? Okay. This is Royal, man, Royal. But, hey, Royal. How man, you been, you, man? You be killing me, dude. 
I'm I'm good. I was on earlier, but I'm doing. Some Why you want to you want you want to see your free you want to see your free safety decapitate people too, huh? No, no, the Gary they they picking on the kid, Gary. You of course they're that. picking on him. Because every game yeah, yeah, he's taking somebody him. out. <laughs> of course, no, you, you don't think that the he, wait a minute, bro. You don't think the referees do preparation for games? Of course, they're looking for. Well, him. He, he, he wears the you on the side of his helmet. It's different. No, it's way beyond that. <laughs> he is. It's way beyond no, that. He gets, they, he gets reviewed for targeting every game. Well, I there's mean, there's nobody else. Okay, there's no fine. other kid on the team that ever gets reviewed for targeting. <laughs> like, I mean, right. what, of course he has a bullseye okay, on his let's, back. Let's, let's let's get into it, Gary. You hard-headed man. I, I've been listening <laughs> to you for a long time, and, right. and, and you know, you continue with that narrative of recruiting, recruiting, recruit. No yeah. man. Dude, do you realize, let me, Royal, do you realize where this we team would be? Coaches, Wait a minute. Time out, Royal. Royal, no. time out. Oh time out God. one second. Think about where this team yes, would sir. be if you had to take the tra- – if, if you just if draw a line through the transfers. Are you kidding me? This is a 500 team at best. Yeah. Okay. And you know be why honest. that is? Be honest. You, it's you're, a you, you're right, but I'm going to tell you why if you let me talk. This is your show. Because okay, I'm, I'm, I'm hard-headed over here. I don't want to let you talk, but go ahead. Okay, right. <laughs> it's that way because you have no coaches that can develop what you got. So he keeps trying to do a stopgap here, a stopgap there. LSU did it last year, and it worked. And Manny's trying to do the same thing because him and his damn staff, they can't coach and develop what they got. That is the problem. That's what it's always been the problem. Now, I like Lashley. I like what I'm seeing, and, and, and that's an example right there. You see what he does with, with the quarterback, how he talks to him. We used to have quarterbacks on the sideline. The damn OC never even talked to the quarterback. Ja'Cory, the other kid, they come to the sideline, don't nobody even talk to him. He go back out there and throw the same damn interception. I like what I'm seeing out of Lashley. Okay. Manny's problem is, on the defense, he got his buddies on the defensive side of the ball. I know you don't want to deal with it, Gary. You want to just blame the kids, blame the kids, blame the kids. No. He got his buddies on the defensive side of the ball, and his buddies going to get him fired. The same thing Al Golden did. Now, you keep I – don't, I don't know what Packy got on you. Packy got to go. He's under the he, – okay, I'll put it to you like this, Gary, since you like to blame the kids all the time. No, we've had. <laughs> I was just. I, I, I mean, I, I, I no, was just hard do, on the coaches. Do, Gary, just admit it. Roy, I was hard just on the coaches it, last you year. Come on. To blame the kids. No, yeah, you were. Yes, I, you were. I'm, I'm very balanced you in my blame. blame the kids. We, we ain't got uh, no. Royal, we, Royal, we are, no, Royal. Oh, you were with us at the end of last year. Could I have been harder on the coaches? Come on, man. I, I, I mean, that I was. was the first time. That was the first time. No, okay, I was, when okay, when, when D'Onofrio was here, I was hard on him. No, when he got fired, you was. No, long before when he got fired. He, Come on, man. That's when you start talking about him. Okay. No. Let me, let me, let me no. Yes, no. 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 Yeah, no. No. Royal. For years. No. I defended Al Golden. Oh I, I, I thought Al Golden had a chance to be a great head coach in Miami, quite honestly. He went I, down I, he well, went down I in flames. He, he went down in flames because it's yeah. because it's an Afrio. 
That's why okay, he went down he, and played. Al Golden could have right, been a good head coach at Miami. He was recruiting yes, relatively well. Well, he couldn't coach up and develop. That's the same old problem. It's a, it's no, a, he had a, Miami he's problem. a problem now, with his now, coordinator. Now, let me ask you this. Okay, okay, fine. Now, let me, I'm going to put this one right back on you. You like to blame the kids. Now, let's compare the Miami coaching staff to the staff that we play against in the ACC and, 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 and the Nick Saban staff and the Clemson staff. What would you grade them, Gary? Clemson Five, staff, star, four, star, Clemson three, star, staff and uh, probably one. The Saban staff, probably two. Um, I think North Carolina wait, 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 has a – I think North Carolina has a very good staff. Huh? What? I'm saying how do our staff compare against over the last four coaching regimes, what would you give our coaching staff grade compared to the people we play against? The Beamers, the uh, I think it's it's comparable to every staff. I think Carolina's got a really good staff. Yeah. Who has a no, Gary, I mean, I Gary, I don't think anybody Gary. has to. You I think Carolina, it. in the ACC, oh Clemson and Carolina probably have the two best staffs. I think Pittsburgh is decent. I think, you know, I think I think we're decent. Um, Virginia Tech nah, is, nah. is so-so. Um, the okay, coach in Virginia is not I'm bad, a... but I don't know that he has a depth of staff. Really, you got to let me answer your question, man. Um, I'm, okay, I'm just going, I'm okay, trying okay. to think in the ACC. I mean, those are probably the better ones. Um you know, there's there's some wow. other good co- there's some other good coaches at some of the schools that just don't have the talent to 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 compete for championships, but they're capable of of beating you on any given day. Um, that guy at BC looks like he's doing a good job. Obviously, Duke cut with Cutcliffe can uh, you know they they can do do certain things. I mean, there, there's some good coaches in the right. ACC, that, but um, I get what you're saying. No, right. we don't have a Clemson staff. No. Exactly. We don't have an Alabama staff. We don't have a, a LSU staff. Okay. So, okay. Now, now I want to talk about this. Um, the uh, Ruche kid, the number two, um, the reverse field touchdown on their first touchdown. That kid should have went straight to the bench. He came off the line unblocked, and the kid spins, spins right back into him. He doesn't make a play on the ball. He don't contain him or anything. I'm like, are you? I don't know what's wrong with that kid, but he's not. He looked like a Temple DN. I'm sorry. I mean, well, that's what he I, is. I'm a little upset with him. Yeah, but we built him up like he's big time. Well, is that his fault that we built him up? Like, you know, he, he, had, he had good numbers coming out of last year, but I said this during the offseason. If, if he was – an elite defensive end, he wouldn't have come to Miami. He would have gone into the draft. True. 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 Now, now the, the linebackers. Okay. Now, you say, okay, this is Manny's defense. Now, you just told me that the D coordinator is the linebackers coach. Correct. Okay. So, I'm looking at an average D-line coach. I'm looking at an average defense coordinator. And I'm looking at a below average special team coach slash striker. And these are Manny's boys on defense. Uh, am I making sense now? If you're if you're if, if you're right if you're right in your evaluations, you're absolutely making sense. 
okay? All of those linebackers that they put in were horrendous. And I'm, I, I like to lost my mind when I saw Ragone, Ragoni, I hate to butcher the kid's name. When I saw him out there, and number nine, who everybody tells me is a superstar, Huff, is on the sideline, can't get no burn. Why yeah. in the world is Ragoni still playing? And I got scholarship linebackers. We got about, what, eight, nine healthy linebackers now? I want to see Corey Flagg. I want to see the kid out of Jersey. I hope they, I'm not getting them mixed they, up. They, they, what, don't what know, is, they, don't know, they don't know what they're doing yet, Royal. They only had a month. They had no spring practice. Hey, they had a month, a month of fall camp. I don't give they're, a damn. Young kids, man. I don't, you got you to know what you're doing. That, to play well, Ragoni, if I see him again, if I see Ragoni again, oh my God! <laughs> but but you was right about well, forty four. Jennings Jennings really let me down. I, I mean because I was mad at you when you dogged Jennings two years ago. I don't, saw, I don't ago dog anybody. I, I if I just because I give an you opinion, I, say, I don't know. Well, if yeah, but just because I say that I don't know that somebody's good enough, doesn't I'm not dogging. Like, I'm not dogging anybody. I'm giving an honest opinion. Okay. All right. And, but, uh, and, and you're, and you're okay, admitting now, right now I, I said so far I was right, right? No, nah, no, nah, you know, you're being stubborn. Oh, you're you don't want to give me any credit. All right, you're Royal. Come on, go. man. I was right. You're Hasn't he been averaging so far? Royal. Oh, yeah, that's 40, what I'm saying. Royal, Royal, Royal. I know. 44 is not up to stuff. That's what I just said. So I was right. I was right. Okay, thank you. I was trying to give you props on that. Well, I just asked you. You said Against LSU, you was right about forty-four. I was hoping right. you was wrong. I've been wanting to see him. Trust me, I'm hoping I'm wrong too. When I, I don't like... say great things, I wish I, you know, I. But I, I got to be honest when I'm talking to you guys. Well, I'm honest. Well, okay, well, you're not being honest about Coach there. I'm, I'm saying that if you're that that you what you're saying, I think is a legit concern. I think that the proof is going to be in the pudding this year. We'll see what happens if they win ten games this year. It's kind of hard to make an argument. Can you imagine our linebackers against ETN? Oh, oh my God. I, I'm expecting it to be ugly as hell. I mean, but but maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. We'll see. But no, I don't think we could play with Clemson, even with the Eric King. But we'll I, I, see. I hope so. I hope so. I hope I'm wrong. Hey, like oh, I hope. It, 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 okay, now why you fail to re- um, mention that the O line? was horrible last year. Why do you fail to mention that when you're talking about the O.C.? Well, it means they were, they were playing true freshmen. Of course they were terrible. Right, but you fail to mention that because I didn't, I didn't think, uh, well, he was that bad because he was dumb enough to not change his offense. Yeah, but he also didn't have a quarterback. And like I said, I, I really believe that if uh, he had the Eric King, he would still be here. All right, Royal. Enough beating yeah, you up, man. Yeah, Give me a call yeah, next yeah. week. Let's nah, see what happens. I'm going to keep on beating you up, Gary. Cause you just stay on me, man. Keep me honest. Keep me honest. I appreciate <laughs> all it. Right. All right, Royal. Have a good weekend, bro. We'll, we'll right. talk to you next week. Go Lakers. <laughs> Lakers? <laughs> Who cares about the damn Lakers right now? All right, um, I'm going to zip through these questions and, and topics that were submitted by the posters at canesport.com uh, for tonight's show. Um Poster noticed that Miami is much improved on third down this year. Yeah, in 2019, the Canes were uh, 
44 of 162 on third down or 27 percent, which was one of the worst in the country. Might have even been the worst, but I think it was the second worst in the country. So far this year, they're 13 of 30, which is 43.33 percent. So, yes, much better. Um, I think there's still even room for improvement beyond that. Um, and even better has been the defense, which held Louisville to 414 the other night. So that was uh, that was a third down was good to the Hurricanes in that game. Okay, the Canes are trending up while the Knolls are trending down. Any chance this is a trap game for our players who are coming off a big win and now playing at home in another primetime game with game day in town, et cetera, while FSU tries to rebound with all the issues they have? Um, I don't think it's a trap game. I, I, I think it's a rivalry. I think that gets your attention, number one. I think game day, the national TV keeps their attention. I'm expecting a good Miami performance on Saturday night. Um you know, I, it's still early in the season. I just think Miami is a significantly better team than Florida State right now. So um, they'll get FSU's best shot, but I expect the Canes to win decisively, and I think that 9 or 10-point spread that they've come up with is probably about right. I think Miami covers the spread. That's just my personal opinion. Um, do I agree that Bubba Bolden is the best defensive player on the team? Uh, yeah, I do, and and the pro football focus grades – seem to back that up. He's right there with Jalen Phillips as the top two defensive players. He's a great tackler, has good range as a safety, can cover. Um, I think Bubba Bolden's going to be an NFL player. Um, so, yeah, I would say that you could make an argument that he's the best defensive player on the team. Would Jose Borregales consider staying for one more year? Playing with his brother could be fun. I really doubt it, man. You watch that kid. That kid's an NFL kicker. I mean, he's going to go try his, try to make the NFL, and that's what he should do. I mean, another year of college kicking really doesn't make any sense. I mean, the kid's kicking accurately 60-yard field goals. His kickoffs go deep into the end zone. I mean, that, that that's an NFL kicker to me, and I expect them to go for it after this year. Is this week's game sold out pretty much? There's a sprinkling of tickets left here and there as of this afternoon, but it will be a sellout. Um Will we continue to see aggressive defensive scheming the way we saw against Louisville this past Saturday night? Yeah, I, that goes without question. I don't think Manny Diaz knows any other way to approach defense other than be aggressive. Uh, so well, as long as Manny's the head coach here, I think you will always see aggressive defense. Um, through two games, who is the number one wide receiver? Wow. I Honestly, I don't think there is a number one wide receiver. If you made me pick one who I think is the best receiver – I mean, maybe I would say Wiggins. I, I, I know Pope has six catches and he has five, and Pope's averaging a, a few more yards a catch right now. I just think Wiggins is, is a shade more solid than his old high school teammate. Um, neither one's off the charts, though. I really don't think this team has a number one receiver. Um, on a scale of one to ten, how much of an advantage is it for us to play FSU without Norval on the sidelines? You know what? Normally, I would say this is a really big deal because it, it, it takes the team out of its comfort zone. But this is just Norval's second game at Florida State. So I don't really see it as a big deal. I mean, he's heavily involved in all the game prep, heavily involved in the meetings, and will be all the way down to when the buses leave for the stadium. Let me put it this way. If FF Shoe loses Saturday, which I think they will, it's not going to be because Norval's not there. It's going to be because Miami's a better team. Um, who is the receiver that has a chance to get more playing time and unseat a starter? Um, I will say Jeremiah Payton. And I think, you know, if you're looking for evidence that the coaches feel that way, he got 29 reps in the opener. Michael Redding has 19 reps in two games. So that tells me the coaches 
have been more impressed with Peyton to this point. He just had a miss um, the last game. What's the likelihood that Bolden and Phillips stick around for next year? I would say very unlikely as well. Um, really no reason for either one to stay after this year. It's, it'd be time to go try the pros. Um, what player outside of De'Ara King can we simply not afford to have go down? Uh, I, I would say that guy is Zach McLeod, just because he's the only experienced linebacker and the only one playing at an acceptable level right now. And I would say um, Al Blades would be a close second. Um, all right, let me see here. I think that there's one final call that I wanted to try to get in um, here in the, in the, in the last minute. Um, let's try the uh, 239 really quick. You're live on King Sport Live. Hey, Gary, how are you? What's doing good? Who's this? Hey, this is Adam. I haven't called in Adam. this year, but. Um, All right, Adam, I only got about 30 seconds for you tonight, but we'll pick it up next Tuesday. What you got? So I got to give Greg credit. Greg called us all a bunch of sissies last week for thinking we were going to go up there and lose pretty angrily. So uh, he was right. Credit to Greg on that. And then um, I know we're all bashing on the D here. You know, LSU ran a a somewhat similar program last year. Score well, score efficiently, score quickly. You're going to get about 30 points put up against you on, on, on games where you're playing good teams. You're going to score quickly. You're not going to be able to sustain high-level defensive play for 60 minutes because your guys are going to be out there for a long period of time. When we use scoring a 75-yard touchdown, it's like going three and out for your offense. Your defense is right back out there, back-to-back. That was a tough thing to recover from from that defense. That defense was gassed in that third quarter. And then they sort of thought the game was in hand in the fourth quarter. And, you know, Mikhail or Malik Cunningham did a good job rallying the guys. So I think you got to give some credit there. And I don't think we should be ragging on the defense quite as hard as we are. Those certainly need to improve. All right, man. Well, we'll keep uh, taking measure of that here this week and uh, give us a call next week and we'll pick it up. All right, man. Have a good one. You too. All right, guys, that's going to be it for tonight. Um, thank you to everybody who called in. Thought it was a really great show. Great opinions. Um, and we'll see. we got Florida State this weekend and looking for continued improvement. I do think Miami is a much better team right now. And then it'll be time to start looking towards Clemson. So it's going to get exciting here over the next few weeks. So until next week, I'll say good night, everybody.